0: Trust me, we back, and we back with a bang. It's the State of Combat podcast on CBS Sports with the Brian Campbell. And if you want to know whether I'm ready for Canelo Jacobs week, brother, you know it.
1: I was born ready.
2: (laughs) Born ready
0: ready for the biggest fight of the 2019 calendar year. Your boy, BC, the voice that you hear live and direct from Rafe Boogs' backyard of Los Angeles. Yes, I will be. Sojourning across the desert to Vegas for the festivities this week from T-Mobile, but for now, in in uh, in LA, gonna rock out a little PBC face-to-face, if you care, a little Austin Trout, a little Devin Alexander and others, alright, that's what I got going on, but let me not bury the lead, let me not waste any time while this international Wi-Fi connection is still together here, because my co-host, the one and only Rafe Boogs, the New York Times bestseller, coming in from a shack on a beach somewhere in the philippines here Rafe, let me lick you up bro let me lick you down thank you for connecting like this a fight so big you had to interrupt your vacation speak it brother can i hear you can you hear me are you with me Rafe?
1: i i'm 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 coming in brian i'm coming in loud and strong mother effort that's right from barangay bagasbas beach diet Camarines Norte, way out in Bicol province. It's hot and spicy down here. That's wow. what the that, actually Bicol, the Bicol region, southeastern Luzon in in the Philippines is known for spicier food than the rest of the country. It's still not really spicy spicy cuisine like you'll find in say Thailand or other or India, a lot of other countries, but this is still the spiciest region. And but really so you know, I don't care where I am. We got to do this. This is yeah. the biggest fight of the year. Canelo Jacobs. I don't I, I was born ready for this. You were born ready for this. Danny was – he's going to stop Canelo, Danny right? Danny has
0: a stick, bro. Danny has a stick. You and I, let's cruise together. I love it when we're cruising together. Music Music was, was made, made for box.
1: Box. Respect was made for boxing. I love it when we're cruising together.
0: Uh Rafe it's a two-drink minimum for for the show. Have you are you got, got any pops in you over on the beach there in the film? This is your vacation, bro.
1: It's it's ten forty in the morning here, Brian. Yeah, I was on yeah. a bus all night. What are you what kind of degenerate do you want me to be? I'm already a little woozy from last week's food poisoning. Plus, on the walk over here, I got a little cocky thinking I'm back in my element, right? I got back in my bag. Oh yeah, Rafe Boogs is back in town. Whoops, looked down, trying to look at my phone, take pictures, had the sunglasses on, boom, walked straight into a big ass tree branch uh i was spitting blood on the street uh it was a serious that tree it hits hard man uh, you know, you got to protect yourself at all times. I should have known better. Did, did did we need to get Load Watch out for that tree? Look, uh, we, we there is so much load happening out here Uh, between the load on my phone, all the signs around me at the sorry, sorry stores, advertising, oh, load nadito, you can buy your load here. So my load is well managed because I'm surrounded by load every, everywhere I go. All I ever see is Load Watch.
0: All right. All right. Well, let's
1: talk about the two things that matter most. Let's
2: talk math. Let's talk boxing.
0: But first, the opinion you should listen to when handicapping the Canelo Jacobs fight is your own. Just consider this. Two watch guys on the internet, right? I mean, that's really what we're doing here. Rafe, before we get into all things Canelo Jacobs, and you know I'm fired up. You know Danny is fired the heck up. I stopped Canelo. I knocked Canelo. Oh, yeah, Rafe. It fired.
2: No matter what round. Put him in
0: there and I knock him out. Wow, Can Danny, out. you're still going. All right. Before we get into that, Rafe. Before we remind people, of course, five star review, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, MySpace, uh, Rafe, you and I are kinda washed. We didn't have to mess around with, with like swiping at all. We're a little too old for that. Did you have to, did you ever swipe, Rafe? Did you ever swipe oh, wow. to the, did you pass the Ducci to the right side at all? Did you swipe it? I, I
1: have, I have swiped. I have swept. Uh, in fact, my, my girlfriend of five years, uh, and I met, uh, on Tinder. We are, we are Tinderellas to each other. Oh wow, that's, that's It weird. was a tug of war of, of, uh, of kindness between us on that app.
0: Well, I actually have, uh, uh a story, I guess, of how you guys met the first night, basically, right? I mean, if if we're going to really talk about your colorful past here, if only I could find the sound quick. No, 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 no.
1: Let's let the it now. Let's keep it. I might have
2: had a little too much to drink when I met her. <laughs>
0: but before we do that, Rafe, let's hear from a word from our friends and sponsors. Yes. It's the NFL off season, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Alright, enough, now, now even more ridiculousness in boxing. Rafe, before we get into this weekend, the big fight of the year, let's look back quickly though, quickly, okay, on what took place on the hipster Super Bowl box weekend. When all the hipsters come out at night, Rafe, to watch the, the small guys fight, the, uh, the app guys fight, the streamers were out. If heck, you even sat down for every televised fight on this ESPN plus London card. You got anything to say about that, Rafe?
1: Every televised fight might be a bit of a stretch. I did look up that epic four-rounder, the main between Daniel Dubois and Richard Larty, who is now everyone's favorite heavyweight for showing up with that amazing bronzed beard from all the way from Ghana. Uh, and then like fought his ass off I mean who doesn't want to see more at least at least he's gonna come in and swing like a lunatic until he gets splattered out of there unlike all I mean look I mean what about F.A. Jagba and whatever Schwarz he knocked out what mess!
0: Yes, yes. Hey, at least somebody got the score right. I didn't watch that Daniel Dubak crap. Did I care about it? No. You think I
1: care about that guy? No, no. did not care. It's hey, fun, man. If you like sloppy. You like it sloppy. Yeah, Come on. You, Be, like you, you know who you are. Be who you are. Do
0: you, do you like it?
1: I know you effing like it. It was on. Did you like that? I love it.
0: Yes. Hey, reminder, uh, look, it's Canelo Jacobs week. A lot of shows coming your way. Rafe is sitting this one out. He's still going to be uh cruising together on the beach in Manila somewhere. But I will be in Vegas this week the interview capital of the world will be going on on this State of Combat podcast. So look look forward and look out for plenty of bonus content this week. Bonus episodes, interviews with the biggest names in the sport live from Las Vegas. That's a teaser. Let's get back, though, to this weekend's action. Rafe and Dazon, we saw Regis Progray advance to the finals of the World Boxing Super Series with a mid-fight KO of Kirill, Relic, Carol, Kyrell, Kirillie, the Corellian ship. Uh, the Kessel run and 15 parseps. Rafe, big time knockout for Regis Progre. Your boy Relic though tried to, try to throw a little dirt on there, tried to stay alive though. Are you ready to say right now, even before he has a chance to hoist that Ali Trophy high,
1: that our boy Ruguru is the best 140 in the world? The best 140 in the world, no, I am not willing to say that, Brian, because I'm still very high on that tall, scotch gentleman who's got the, the strong haggis running through his veins, Josh Taylor. That guy is nasty. So when, if Taylor makes it through Ivan Baranchik, if that fight even happens, which it seems like it's back on track, and that's great. I want it to happen. If that fight happens, Brian, Josh Taylor makes it through and we get, Rugaroo and Josh Taylor in that final— why not just wait for that moment? Because that will be a real crowning achievement in that division. Both those guys are real good, but after after the fight, I don't know if you listened to that 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 it was a good interview. He was dropping f bombs left and right. I mean, yeah. Jeff Jeff Gray was was probably just frowning in in Jeff disgust Gray, really? somewhere. Jeff Gray, is camp- that, you're
0: really gonna botch it that badly, ref? Jeff Gray,
1: <laughs> what's his guy? What's his name again? <laughs> Hall of Famer Jim Gray, is that where you're going with it? Jim Gray, that's the guy. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm sorry, it wasn't Jeff's night. It was not Jim's night either. It was Ray Flores' night in the ring with Rougarou. Rougarou dropping F-bombs, but fun F-bombs, just not, nonstop. I'm the f best. Hey, we we f and Litton here. Lafayette, stand up, mother effers. It was, it, anyway, fun interview. Ca- said he wants to be considered pound for pound right now. Right now, well, Brian. Well,
0: the thing about that is you only 10 guys get it. It's like... It's the kind of thing when we do these like, uh, you know, who's the 10 greatest fighters of all time? Well, there's a lot of guys who are great of that ilk. But in the end, right? Harry Greb,
1: Harry, Harry Greb. Greb. Harry Greb, Harry Greb, Harry Greb. Harry Greb. Harry Greb. Yeah. Harry Greb. Yeah. Times two, you got ten.
0: And Saj Cislawicz, or whatever the other guy, Sajchilada.
1: <laughs> oh wow, you just turned Sajchilada into a Polish fighter. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. respect to Polish boxing Twitter because they will come for your nuts and your soul.
0: Yes, they will. Hey, remember Arthur Spilka said this? I gonna kick his ass. Remember, remember, champ. I gonna kick your ass. He didn't kick his ass, but that's all right, Rafe. Another, another time for another day right there. Hey, Ruguru making noise though. You're right. I gotta see him against Taylor. This was an impressive knockout. Wins his first world title, the WBA 140 strap. Now we get him and this is why we love this WBSS. Now we're gonna find out who's the best outside of the fact Mo Hooker not in this tournament. Ramirez, Jose Ramirez of top rank not in this tournament, but the winner here is going to be able to at least have a chance to call himself the best 40. And I still think, Rafe, tell me if I'm wrong, I think because that top-ranked Walter White, Walter White cupboard is so bare that we're going to see Regis, who's a free agent, get the call at 147 against Bud before any of Bob's uh, best Butins get the call.
1: Well, every time, every time you or I or both of us, one of us, anytime anyone speaks to, to Regis Progray in an interview, he's tayin'. He's letting the world know he wants. He, he's not afraid of that. He wants to step up and fight guys like Terence Crawford. Is he ready? I don't know. I mean, that's a lot, but he's already look. He's passing every test with flying colors. If he gets through Josh Taylor and does it impressively, if he like washes Josh Taylor or Baranchik in the final, shoot, yeah, I, I would be up for that. I mean, this this is. That would be the real, that would be some real stuff. And, and, you know, I liked when he defended his resume in that post-fight interview. He said, look, I'm beating ex-champions or, or belt or title holders right now. 140 isn't the strongest division, maybe, but at the top, it's got some real talent, young, unproven talent or, or still proving itself talent, but he's doing it right now. And yeah, whoever comes out of that tournament is going to have a lot of leverage to, to, kind of played both sides of the Walter Waite war against each other and make some good coin, and they're going to deserve it.
0: Be careful what you ask for, though, ruguru because let's not forget what one genius in the boxing game, Richard Dwyer, once said.
2: Bud Crawford is dangerous. There are a lot of guys who, in a fight against him, are going to be intimidated. Not this guy.
0: Wow, wow. Okay, Dwyer, not Ruguru though, Rafe not going to be intimidated if you come at bud sorry delay if you come at bud rafe and you come for the king don't
1: you best not miss
0: yeah uh, no gross yeah, yeah. yeah it's
1: got to be your bull
0: yeah it's got to be yeah i don't
1: uh rafe sometimes you
0: know it's uh, too much of a good thing too many loads right
1: I don't know. I don't, I mean, if you, if you got loads to spare like that, you know, when, when the, when you're young and the blood is pumping, the refractory period is low, oh, might as well use it, brother. All
0: right. Enough on that. Uh, well, you know, good to see none of them did doping.
2: We did, we've been doing doping from the beginning.
0: Yes, they have. All right. That'll wrap up that WBSS, but in that semifinal, And by the way, before I get into Nonito talk, shout out to the zone and the WBSS, which means really a Cali party. Shout out to Cali Sourland for booking former NBA, not great, but former NBA serviceable starting player who at times would tease the 19 point per game bag. Kendall Gill. Who also had a cup of coffee with about five or six pro fights at, uh, middleweight and super middleweight a few years back,
1: teaming up with no, Rafe. No, he wasn't he fighting at heavyweight, Brian. There's no way he's Kendall Gill's going oh, down to like right. six. He's a six, like six five, six six.
0: Yeah, they say for six eight, he stood. Sorry. I'm, look, I'm a little washed. Here's the deal, Rafe. I didn't eat for like 12 hours today. I was not stuck on the runway in Philly. I was on a damn plane for seven hours. I'm, a, we're lucky to get this show off. We're lucky the internet's connecting, Rafe, and that you're with me right now, but you're right. Kendall Gill got a taste of that smoke. And he actually wasn't half bad, like Mario Lopez. You can come from the outside world and penetrate boxing, Rafe.
1: Good Lord, you were you were you were chastising me for for innuendo, and then you just dropped those loads on me. Good Lord, Brian. Anyway, that was good to see,
0: but the real feel-good story outside of, uh, by the way, Kendall, you had a good Kendall Gill memories from our NBA days, Rafe? I loved me some Kendall Gill, especially when he was on the Nets. Remember people forget how fun that 98 Nets playoff team under Calipari was? They were the eighth seed. They kind of pushed, I know they got swept, but they kind of pushed Jordan's Bulls that year a little bit. They were, they were a tough out in that series. Am I making it up?
1: No, you're not making it up. That led to that infamous Slam Magazine cover story where it proclaimed them like the 2001 or 2002 NBA champs, saying they were going to get there back in the days of Sam Cassell, Stefan Marbury. And I know why you like that team, you pasty mother, uh, Keith Van Horn yes. with the tube socks. That's what I'm
0: talking about. Maybe that team could have been something if Jason Williams didn't <laughs> shoot his limo driver with a shotgun and cover it up, right? <laughs>
1: oh man oh too soon oh it's it's always too soon man
0: yeah Dwyer was gonna try to jump in tell you to check it out on his crime blog but yeah all right hey speaking of um Rougarou who's uh isn't he uh managed by Mark Wahlberg
1: and uh and Peterberg.
0: yeah so I watched The Departed on the plane ride here today for only the second time in my life Rafe badass movie you got any thoughts
1: I, look, I'm I'm am i I'm kind of a hipster on this one, Brian. I I I happen to watch the Hong Kong original Infernal Affairs oh, boy. when it was in the theaters, and I'm just you know I'm always gonna be loyal to that one. I don't need this oh, Scorsese boy. knockoff.
2: He pumps it more than one. All right,
0: Rafe, that's where we're going with this. Okay, then back to the script. Uh, the man who had the best weekend. Arguably was your Filipino brethren Nonito Donero who fought a late replacement because of an injury to Zolani Tete and he gave the lullaby song to a man named Stefan Young Rafe and it was brutal. It was Nonito turning back the clock. It was a possible KO of the year contender. He sent this man to hell. Now we got Donaire in the finals. Is he automatically against Nayo Inoue or does he have to fight still?
1: No, you know, Uwe still has to beat, uh, as a tough fight, a much tougher semifinal, even than Tete would have been had he stayed in. That's Emmanuel Rodriguez oh, yes. from Puerto Rico, who was probably the, yeah, the, the people going in thought those were the two best guys. Uh, so that's going to be a, we hope a real, we, maybe we see, you know, Uwe get tested a little bit.
0: Rafe, were they or were they not dancing in the streets in the Philippines? You were there. Give us a first-hand report when Donaire did this. And by the way, also first-hand report on Rafe Flores's pronunciation.
1: Of so, don't we did, Yeah, we did hear a new wrinkle in the Nonito Donaire name sweepstakes. Instead of just going with the standard American pronunciation of Donaire, which is almost at this point accepted because if, if Jim Lampley does it, it becomes gospel, right? I mean, Lampley, Lampley, the king of pronunciation, did not go with Donaire. So, that, that pretty much enthrones it in the English language, for at least among boxing fans. However, Ray Flo came from out of left field with Donier, which was some kind of, I don't know, French inspired, like, ah, Dernier, Donier, I don't know what the hell that was. Uh, leave that name alone is all I have to say. It's Donaire. There really is no other right way to say it. People were happy. It kind of took people by surprise because you know, Nonito has always been in Manny's shadow for better or worse, right? Which is, you know, unfortunate, but Manny is a genera, not even just a generational, an all time great. You're gonna, you're gonna be in a, a generational talent like Nonito will be in his shadow. That's just life. But when the knockout news spread, when it started going on TV and Twitter and stuff, yes, the Philippines lit up. People were like, Oh my God, Nonito fought. Oh my God, Nonito knocked the shit out of the, the heck out of that guy. Yes, yes, and, yes. uh, Hey, sorry. I'm getting excited here. I know. Um, hey, it was great. I felt really good. Even though, look, this has been a sort of – you don't have to look far for the caveats in this uh, WBSS run for Nonito. I'm Ryan Burnett pulling his – blowing his back out, so to speak, <laughs> throwing a punch, and then – Doctor said he needed uh, a backyotomy, right? <laughs> then, yeah, spinal. Uh, and then and then Zelani Tete having to pull out in fight week and the late-minute – the Last-minute Nikki Holtzkin-style yes. uh, replacement with with Stefan Young, who is just really not in the same on the same level. Uh, Oddly Young enough, Nikki Holtzkin well. he, he, pulls he, out he... every week, Rafe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Young was spirited. You know, he he had a game plan, trying to sort of you know use the ring, stay away, counter, do some pot shotting landed a few of them, but I don't think he ever had the power to discourage Nonito. Nah. And 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 once once he slowed down, once the you know middle of the fight. Nonito needed that one opening, bat, and it was uh, it was fun to see Nonito get another one of those highlight not left hook knockouts. I mean, think about how many guys he has put to sleep with that shot. Wow, I mean, you got emotional it, right the there. Opinion. I heard that.
0: Huh? You got a little emotional right there. I heard that in your voice. Yeah. You got a little crack. Yeah. People can it's people special. can revisit that collaboration by hitting that thirty second back button. But wow, it was like a little Peter Brady, like you had a moment. I think you know there was the mega powers exploded in your pants. I think Rafe, that was that was pretty I, good.
1: I might have to check my pants when we're done recording.
0: Well, the 36-year-old, you're right, again, gives himself another feel-good moment. I also think, Rafe, you got to give him this credit. Like we said last week, he's fought as high as 126. He's gotten sent to hell at 126. He went down two weight classes to get into this tournament at 118, and we're all like, well, bro, first of all, bad idea because there's killers in this tournament. Second of all, you just don't move down in weight, Rafe. At late in your career. That's the ultimate desperation move, right? Even moving up in weight late in your career because either you can't make it anymore or you're just like, F it, let me go for the money, I'll sell my name out, right? That's why guys like Jose Luis Castillo end up fighting like junior middleweight by the end. I mean, you know, Marcos Maidana was probably going to fight at cruiserweight he he's retired again, Rafe. This guy, Donaire, going back down. And look, I know it's been a, a smoke and mirrors
1: to get to the finals, but he
0: actually looks good.
1: He, yeah, and, and you know what? He never really looked that he never looked bad in a fight after after the loss against Nicholas Walters. Now he had losses. He uh, I thought, I honestly score I remember scoring. I don't know why I bothered scoring Magdaleno Nonito, but I scored that a draw. I don't I don't think he got enough credit in that. But he fought credibly in that. He fought credibly against Carl Frampton. He's never been just uh, you know, totally washed. And other than that Nicholas Walters fight, which was just too much too much man you know too much axe man at that point in time but anyway i i think that i one i'm i'm happy for nonito and I mean of course he got outclassed against rag and we know the resume but i people fans media questioned nonito's spirit his manhood even said he doesn't want this anymore he doesn't seem like a fighter and you know what that's never been true. He's, he comes in and he puts up a good performance every time and you better be world class if you're fighting him. Otherwise, you're not going to beat him. And you see now at 118, he's got some, that, 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 that he's still got power, real nasty power in that division. I'm happy for the guy. And all right, here's my hot take, Brian. Get
0: gonna, ready with the water. That? I may need this. All right. All right. Go ahead. I was, I was going to yeah. ask you whether you thought Nonito Donare was similar to Marky Mark Wahlberg's character in The Departed, where you sort of forget about him, yet he's the last don't man you, standing in the end. Spoiler don't alert, Rick.
1: No, okay, you landed that analogy. I will give you that, but don't you dare put the name of Nonito Donaire next to a, 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 a citizen or a, an actor. Like Mark Wahlberg. I mean, wow. look, we know who Wahlberg is beating up in maybe. real life. It's when he's feeling like a little bit chippy and racist in Boston and wow. he wants to beat up some guys. Yeah, we know what happened to Marky Mark. Anyway, um, no, so let me get to my hot take. Nonito, I think, I think, or I, 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 I could be wrong, but listeners, Brian, let me know who else is on this list. I think Nonito has the best highlight reel of anyone since Roy Jones.
0: What? Bro, hold on, tell a me second. I'm wrong. Hold on, think,
1: look, think. Right, let me, a on
0: yeah, let, let me cool <laughs> let me cool them down for a second here. What well, can you clarify that? <laughs> what so he's like? It, so what you're basically saying of all fighters since Roy Jones, when it comes to the idea of producing what a highlight reel of of finishes? amazing Some highlight moments. knockouts
1: just like incredible oh my god like he just distract that person just died i, I mean he he has incredible what are you doing what are you doing
0: oh my god i was playing sometimes i play these things as the background oh. music so you know it was
1: oh. yeah keep going keep going yeah look at this i'm saying yes yes revisit his collaborations look inside my favorites folder because nonito's highlights i oh. darchini in the first time you guys, you guys looking silly cross-eyed denting heads oh, Montiel. Montiel, Montiel, yeah. vladimir sudarenko check that one out that, the, the, even though he didn't finish jeffrey mathabula that that third round knockdown off the left hook that thing was sweet come on man I, I, i'm telling you you, are you look it up you're going to be surprised are you forgetting junati Look, his—he's not as spectacular. I'm sorry. Are you forgetting? better fighter? Maybe not even a better you fighter. Forgetting? You know what? I sh- i might want to take that back.
0: Look, I might have to offer to. Uh, Do you like to my hand? You're not forgetting Carl Froch's uh, hit list here. He uh, what are sent your bra- main he's tailor got- to hell, Rafe. No, I'm—I'm
1: I'm not. I—I'm—I—I I, I, I hear what you're saying. He turned I'm Yusuf to, Jimmy. Back
0: to the dark side. He—he he actually knocked out Yusuf Mac. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yusuf Mac was just never the same after that fight. Just a different guy in some way. I don't know. I can't quite put my finger on it or in it.
0: Oh, yeah. gross.
1: Uh, by the I got a couple
0: of things here. I love that you're basically like, you know, that, uh, that, uh, uh, No fight against, what's his name? Uh, wow, that just ruined the joke. Alright, Rife was a good show. Let's, let's pack it in right now. Uh, who's that guy that, uh, Teofimo just sent to hell?
1: Which one? Just now? Stefan Young, oh, Fernando Montiel, Cesar Juarez. remember he just uh, exploded. Not- I mean, Juarez is a tough dude. He Magdaleno, didn't that.
0: bro, I love that you're like, you know, that Magdaleno
2: fight, you know. Hey, that wasn't a draw in the Dwyer house. Not right? a
0: draw in the Bartholomew house. Anyway, my point of where I'm going with this, Rafe, is Rachel Donaire. Would you risk it all?
1: I, I respect their family. I respect <laughs> young Jaron, the other kid. I I respect Box. I've seen how dangerous he is in the Taekwondo ring. No, I would not dare, dare take that kind of chance. No way, Uh, man. I respect Nonito. I'm not that kind of guy.
0: I don't think Nonito, does he really have – yeah, he's got some highlights. All right, bro. Anyway, it's a feel-good story. We can't linger here, all right, Cranberries, all right? (laughs) Do you have to? Do you have to? We got to move on. And, Rafe, speaking of crap, this Showtime main event this past weekend from Las Vegas – what did Dan Rayfield tweet? It was an all-time crap job. Uh Robert Easter Jr. and Rancis Barth- Dances with Wolves Bartholomew fight to a draw, a majority draw for the vacant WBA regular lightweight title. Rafe, this was a sneaky good fight on paper because of really, I don't want to use the word desperation. Neither were desperate. They both have one loss. But they were both within one or two fights of their first loss. This was an opportunity to run right back and, you know, claim a title and really, you know, Sort of. It could have been a sneaky good act, Rafe. It was nothing. It was awful. And if we're really being honest, this isn't a Showtime main event. It's not the level of a Showtime main event. It's a pretty good co-main any day of the week. But it was a little questionable coming in, the idea of, is this an acceptable Showtime main event? And then both guys came out and absolutely laid an egg and crapped right in the middle of the ring. Uh, I put the onus on Easter, though, on this one, Rafe. It wasn't a fun fight to watch. But Rances will do that. Easter, it was really kind of up to him to be the aggressor. Afterwards, Rancis said, look, I thought he was going to fight a different style. I was prepared for that. Easter's decision to kind of fight counterpunch against a counterpuncher turned this into a fight where neither man connected on double-digit punches in any round, Rafe,
1: I saw a great tweet. I I forget. I'm sorry I didn't see who – who put it out there? But it was—it had the the punch stat numbers round by round that they showed on the broadcast, and they're like, "Wait a minute, was this a? Did these guys golf against each other? Because it looked like they were hitting par." I mean, yeah. It, it, I, the only entertaining part of this fight was after it was, it was maybe in the beginning of the sixth, the seventh round, when they kick it to Steve Farhood and ask him how he's scoring it, and he's like, "You know, they used to give ten ten rounds." I don't know how anyone could score this round. I don't even have a score. I mean, that's it, it. It drove the great Steve Farhood to just throw up his hands and say, "There's no point in scoring this crap." Yeah. Let me. Can I go home now? Was yeah. basically what he was saying. Of course, he's a pro and he finished. the he, he finished the night, but that you could you could hear the exasperation that's that the great. Hall of Famer Steve Farhood is sitting there thinking, what in the living ever F am I watching right now? That
0: was the cool part of the broadcast,
1: though, after the fight when they brought on Larry Merchant.
0: And it turned out that in this fight
2: at least, we brought you junk.
0: It sucks Hair Rafe, because it was a chance for either one of those guys to – to, to get a big win here and kind of put themselves back in the mix at 35 or even at 40 if they wanted to move back up. where it's for Rancis, who was up fighting Carol Relic twice in a row, now moving back down. But unfortunately, Rafe, this is the kind of fight where if you hated Rancis coming in, and a lot of guys do because of his style and his hair, now you never want to see him again. And Easter coming off the loss to Mikey Garcia, in which he – it was a wide loss. I mean, I think there was, there was once he got knocked down the first time, he sort of made that decision, I can't beat this guy, I'm going to survive. Now you really don't want to see him again either, Rafe. So it was really, uh, outside of Effie Ajagbusen and another dude to hell in the opener in two rounds and, uh, your guy, by the way, Victor
1: Postal. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, about that. I don't really have much about that. It's just like, oh, it didn't, look, I still think that he is a worthy fighter that, that, where, whether it's at 140 or 147, he can't, he's, you know the the challenge he brings into the ring to to sort of figure that out and get a win over him like we saw Josh Taylor do is is worthy as a as a stepping stone as a high level stepping stone in a guy's career and I think that he could possibly win a belt especially at 140 at some point in time uh, 147 might be a, a too far a cry but man when Postal is boring, he sure is boring. Good Lord.
0: Yeah, I didn't watch that fight, Rafe. And you can't make me. That's the bottom line on that, all right? Because Stone Cold said so. Anyway, that was the weekend that was, Rafe, outside oh, of that Friday oh. night card. Thank you. The Thank Zone had a big weekend. And I want to give The Zone credit for this. The matchmaking we popped coming in of Jesse Vargas, Humberto Soto. Holy crap, Rafe. That thing was really fun. It's a Jesse Vargas KO six in the end. But tell me if I'm wrong. I thought Soto was winning that fight at the time of the stoppage. He was just almost quicker. He was more aggressive than Vargas. He survived a low blow early. He cut Vargas pretty badly over the left eye. And there were certain points whenever Vargas... That was a headbutt, Ryan. That was a head... Oh, all right. I was watching without volume in bed under the covers. I was a little washed at that moment. All right, that all right, Rafe. Um, What I'm trying to say ultimately is this. Anytime Vargas tried to sit in and punch with Soto... Soto was getting the better of him. He was really just, like, shooting his load, like a 38-year-old guy just pouring it out there. And you hear Grisham on the podcast basically say, this guy lives a clean life, he doesn't drink outside the ring? He's a relic at 38, not Kirill, not Carol. He's a relic that we need to respect and love. He didn't blow the wad, he just got caught in round six and was never able to recover when Jesse Vargas turned it back on him and really got the win he should have gotten from the beginning. But you got to give the old man credit for making that a fun fight, Raphael.
1: Hell yes, yeah, Soto has always been this guy. He all, he's, he is a great sort of poor man's Juan Manuel Marquez style fighter, boxer puncher, good combination, smart as heck in the ring, obviously not a Marquez level talent, but still brings you, look, if, if, if we can't see old man Marquez coming back one more time to, to, to put a, to put one more nail into that chapter with Manny, then I'll take all the Humberto Soto that the world wants to give me. Dazone, keep making fights with this guy. I don't care if he loses. Uh, he's going to come and make a good account of himself and match him well. Give him fun fights like this Brandon Rios fight that he won. And you know we've seen him do it before when he when he put it on John Molina when he was supposed to lose that one. He he beat. Uh Antonio Orasco, when Orasco couldn't make weight except he got jobbed on the scorecards a few years ago. I think that was actually on the Matisse Postol undercard. Soto is always good, man, and, and he always makes fun fights too. He looks like he's 45, let alone 38. He's fought about 90 times. You can go back and revisit his catalog, watch him beat the ever-living hell out of uh Bobby Pacquiao in a pretty funny fight. And oh no, that's it's not, just, not the low blow, Rafe. It's not the blow blow. It's not a blow, not a blow blow. Um, yeah, I love me some Soto, and and actually, this fight reminded me a little bit of uh, talk about other old school under the radar fun fights, Matisse and Humberto Soto. Well, I'm all of a sudden turning into Stephen A. Smith. I love me some Humberto Soto. Um. On the undercard of V.O. and Josecito Lopez at the Staples Center back in the day, that was one where Soto was outboxing Matisse, but you could tell he was up against just a stronger guy, and it caught up with him. And that's kind of how this fight with Jesse Vargas panned out.
2: Yeah, I mean, speaking of Stephen A. I don't agree with the part about me being horny all hours of the day. A few hours in the day, yes.
0: I mean you got to give him that, a few hours in the day. But like Michael Irvin said, you don't want to see a guy like Humberto Soto retire because— we're losing recipes when guys like that go. God, this
2: is what's wrong with the day. You the ladies, today. They're not learning for long. Cook. We're losing recipes. I mean really we, lose recipes,
0: we need more old Mexican guys like this who just come to fight. Rafi's kinda of like the modern day Yuri Boy Camp Yuri Boy Campus. Remember Luis Ramon campus? fought everybody? Yes, sir. Remember late in his career? When he had that about Oscar
1: the, fight, good lord!
0: When he had like 300 fights on his resume, and he fought John Duddy at the Garden. Do you remember that on St. Patrick's Day? And it used to replay <laughs> on the MSG Network. Fight of the Year contender. Love that fight. Revisit their collaboration.
1: Right on. Any 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 Duddy action is good with me.
0: I mean, that guy Campus has fought many guys.
2: Many guys. Many guys. Many guys. Look subpar against Floyd Mayweather. <laughs>
0: Yeah, in fact, if we're being honest here, Rafe, the only one who can really beat Floyd Mayweather.
1: I know who it is.
0: Paul Spadafora. I mean, that's really, nope, that's really true. you know, or sorry, younger, small, Paul Spadafora. yes.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, certainly not modern day Paul Spadafora.
0: Yeah, you don't want to fall in love with a fighter who's no longer exists. Anyway, Rafe, that'll wrap up the weekend, except for the fact that we didn't get into that actual card at the forum. Did you care in the end? about Danny Roman unifying titles at 122 and trying to make a statement that he's the best one-deuce-deuce deuce in the world when he went fun 12 rounds with TJ do- Doheny, Dony, didn't he? Did he?
1: I So I got to – yes, thank you, Brian, for bringing that back around because if we do not give these last two fights a little bit of credit for being very good fights, especially Doheny and or Doheny or whatever the heck we're supposed to call that guy – and Roman, if we don't give those fights a little bit of respect, put some respect on those names, the, the hipsters are going to be in our mentions, tearing us new ones, and rightfully so. Those were the fights of the weekend. Dahini and Roman especially. Now, it was, I, I thought it was, I thought Danny Roman actually won it a lot more, a lot wider than the cards had it. Wasn't it a majority decision? I cannot answer that, Rafe. I'm sorry. I was, I was watching without the sound underneath
0: my covers. I'm washed.
1: All right. All right, all right. Well, it was – anyway, it was a very exciting fight. Dahini fought – a guy can really box. In a Aren't nice, you going to ask he, why you know, I'm is,
0: watching without the sound? Because my wife would kill me if I woke her up watching boxing.
1: I thought you were going to say because you were going to go insane listening to Brian Kenny trying will that man with his Irish blood to victory. I mean, yes, he had Danny Roman hurt in bad in round seven, but – Brian Kenny's asking anyone who will listen. He's like, hey, Mannix, you think that might have been a 10-8 round? Hey, how about you, Sergio? You think it was a 10-8? Oh, what about when, uh, Donnie threw, uh, threw Roman to the ground? You think that could have been a knockdown? And <laughs> they're like, no, no, we don't think so, Brian. We really didn't see that that way. I mean, yes, he's, he's fighting well. This is a good fight. Let's just, let's just let it be that way. Um, but no, Roman got through some rough moments. Also, I think that the difference was his power. He, he, he had a lot more pop. Or or maybe just a better chin than Doheny because they were both landing great shots throughout the fight and it just so happened that that you know Roman got Doheny down twice and you know and 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 also was sort of regularly hurting him throughout the rounds. You could see starting the eighth round those body shots. There was moments when Doheny would get hit and back up and you could tell he he needed he needed that time because he was getting hurt bad to the body and. You know, good for Danny Roman. Is he the best 122? I don't know. It's hard That's to the tell. Best. These guys, they don't have a lot on the resume. This is kind of like the weak in, weaker in-between division between all those – like all the action at 118 at bantamweight we see in the WBSS and 126 at featherweight. Um this, these guys, I don't know if they are at that same level, but man, they make fun fights. Match those mother effers up, right? Wouldn't you love to see either of these guys against the Royal Storm, Isaac Dogbe? Oh, I know yeah. he's got that scary looking rematch against Navarrete. Navarrete might be the best of them. He's the, he's, he gives a different physical profile. He's, he's, he's about six inches taller than the rest of these guys. He's got heavy hands. We saw what he did to, to, to Dogbay the first time. I'm, I'm still rooting for Dogbe. Like, he's still my guy, but, if, if you ask my brain who's, who looks like the best, I, I would say I would rank, uh, I would rank Navarrete, then Roman, then toss up between Dauhene and Dog Bay. But man, I would love to see a round robin. And those guys aren't really huge names yet. Could be easy to You'd make fights. To Nobody a, is really locked up. Let's do this, man. Wow. You're fired up, Rafe. You are, you must have
0: been drinking some, uh, some Filipino acai or something I mean I don't know what they oh, I
1: got a little there. bit of that G17 18 34 yes. 55 in my blood PEP, HGH PUP I got everything baby
2: this is not cool this is not what
0: the public and the market audience want to see uh,
1: Dan Rayfield's
0: 122 rankings
1: have Rigo
0: on top Ray Vargas the unbeaten number two Navarrete, Roman dog Bay Dohany. Rice K. Iwasa, Gavin McDonald, Tomoki Kometa, and Brandon Figueroa. It's kind of a forgotten division, Rafe. Good for Danny
1: Roman, though, to continue to- Rafe Vargas, above those? Come on, man. He never looks good in fights. He's wow. Big, skinny, Ichabod Crane looking goofball. No, get, me, get, Ra- at, Ra- Ra- leave Ra- Ra- me Raphael's the hell alone with Raphael? that.
0: what's going on right now, Rafe, Ref?
1: Ra- well, I, I just disagree. I got, actually, I love DTM, Dan the man. Is this a Rafeel
0: on Rafeel crime right now?
1: Hell no, hell no. I, look, his 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 last name is my first name. I got we are we are we are locked in a a human centipede of names right now, and that's where that's gonna end, Brian. It's gonna end right Did there. Just drop a um, John
0: Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt on me right there,
1: <laughs> Brian. Let me let me say I do want to issue a little bit of an apology to all the people back in the day. Remember when we first started doing this at Grantland, people would be like, "What the, what is wrong with this Rafe guy?" Doesn't say Pac- Pacquiao like the rest of us. He says Pacquiao. Why has he gotta, why has he gotta pronounce it like that? Well, I know how you feel guys, because, because Brian Kenny with the Dahini stuff, I get it, he's probably right, he knows what he's talking about, but I was just like, man, I don't care, so I apologize, I don't think I'm gonna change, and I don't think Brian Kenny should change, because if you're right, you're right, but I was now in your shoes, and I know how it felt. Do you believe in flying kangaroos? I just wonder. I'm just curious.
0: <laughs> all right, all right, Rafe. That'll wrap up that. Look, it's time to get into Canelo Jacobs and the only bit bitter... Got it. Oh, you you're, you're yeah. gonna
1: I'm saving you I'm saving you from I'm saving your mentions right now. We just say something good about Estrada. Say he's the man. Call him the next coming Why of Juan Manuel Marquez. I Otherwise, they're coming point. for you.
0: I keep trying to get us out of this cuz out of fear that the internet connection in Manila is going to go down any point. Or me and my swanky West Hollywood uh boutique ho- apartment hotel right now. Even That doesn't make any sense. Ray, have you done time in West Hollywood? I'm like right around the corner from like the Troubadour, the Roxy, uh, all these places that I feel like Axl Rose is going to walk out of at any time.
1: I've been out there a few times, of course. I mean, I live in L.A., I, 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 but it's not really my neck of the woods. I'm not going out of my way to, to 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 be out
0: there. Everybody on the street looks like they're trying to dress up like Rob Halford of Judas Priest.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like going to New York and hanging out in Times Square. All right,
0: all right. Um, I forgot where I was going. Oh yeah, we saw the rematch of this lower weight, all action fight of the year contender before it happened type of fight when S S R Srisaket sorung Vasai ran it back with your boy Gaio Juan Estrada Francisco Estrada, and in the end, Rafe was not the still a fun fight. Wasn't the fight of the year we thought coming in and wasn't necessarily the toe-to-toe back-and-forth war we thought coming in. And tell me if I'm wrong because that rat eater, SSR, the pound-for-pounder himself came in for some god-unknown reason and thought, you know what? Let me change it up. Let me fight Orthodox. Let me me pour some water on my own balls and you got to give Estrada credit. He was busier. He was quicker. He beat SSR to the punch routinely. I was waiting for Sri Saket to put it in another gear, start eating rats and taking names, Rafe. That never happened. So is it his fault? Or is the strategist so good that we got to see a third one
2: now?
1: Well, I do think that the answer is a third one here because that bizarre shift to orthodox for the first five rounds of the fight that Sarangvisai did opens up that question. Now, it's taught like – Estrada, we knew before the first fight, we knew before the second fight that he is the more polished, technical, skilled fighter, right? He is the guy who, 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 you know, he's just the more classically, he, he, he doesn't make mistakes. He, and when he shows up, he could pick you apart like that. So maybe he just made adjustments. Maybe he picked up on, the rhythm, uh, on the rhythm, the broken pressure rhythm method that Sarungvasai threw at him in the first fight and figured it out. And it was the same way, the same way Andre Ward figured out a Sergei Kovalev, a Sergei Kovalev, and, and worked him over a little bit in the second fight. Plus knocked his nuts around a few times. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta play with the bag. Hit it a few times. Um, but so, I do want to see a third one because there's also that question. Well, maybe if Sorong comes out and fights like he normally fights just a left-handed strong beast and, and doesn't, and just goes after it. That's the key. That's what he needs to do. Cause why, why come in and try and outbox a guy who ever, who's just a better boxer. He's a better classical boxer. Don't win that fight Don't even go, don't, don't fight his style. Right? So I don't, that question, I want to see the answer to it because this was a good enough fight. And the first one was great. And, if Sarunga, if this lights a fire under size bunghole and he comes uh-huh. out like a house on fire, uh, like a true cornholio, uh, man, I, I, I you know, I, I will be, uh, I will be on load watch for that, for that, for that trilogy matchup.
0: Any anti-hipsters listening to this going, what, who, who are these? Some Thai guy? I got one thing to say to yeah. you.
2: If you don't know who he is,
0: Welcome Juan Francisco Estrada Rafe was already getting pound-for-pound pound votes from some people. Does this firmly put him in your top ten? It does for me because I had SSR coming in at number eight. Estrada's always that guy in 11th, 12th, lingering on the outside. Couldn't get past Chocolatito. Always deserved a rematch and never got it. Fought a fight of the year contender and just barely lost to SSR. Now he comes back, beats him cleanly. This is one of the top seven or eight fighters in the world, Rafe.
1: Yeah, you gotta give it to him. I mean, he was always around that, like, you know, he, look, he probably deserved to be in near the back end of that top ten even before this fight, but because part of top ten lists are kind of pleasing the fans and, and, uh, generating interest in traffic, the small guys, like in everything else, they get a little bit of a short shrift. Talent-wise, he probably was already there. Now, he, 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 you know, we're all gonna put him there right where he belongs.
0: And I said, Rafe, coming in, the best case for boxing here, the best case for these small weight classes, the best case for the hardcore fans, not the regular
2: ones. You are the boxing hardcore. You're not regular fans.
0: The best case was Estrada winning Setting up a trilogy and maybe in between having Chocolate come back in the picture, rematched J-E-F, J-F-E. want for J F E was that a thing? Is J F E a thing? Did I just create
1: it? You just created the the, the BFG, the J F E. I think you can just go El Gallo if you want. Okay.
0: Imagine getting a Choco Gallo next in the winner gets a uh, rematch or trilogy or actually a re, yeah, rematch, the winner gets a trilogy with the damn rat king. Sign me
1: up, Ray. Right yeah, I'm, I'm with it, man. I, I you know, I, you, you mentioned Chocolatito. I got to watch the BT sport version of this fight and enjoyed how the the Brits, the blokes, the top blokes calling that one sounded like my dad, incapable of saying Chocolatito, calling him cho- when they referenced those fights that JFV and both NSSR had with Chocolatito, calling him Chocolito. Oh, when he fought Chocolito, I don't know why these guys are miss Anyway, in the annals of Miss... We're, we're, we're doing full pronunciation cops. We're going after everyone this this time. Everyone's getting it.
2: You're a you're, you're quality... Operator, quality
0: bloke, the quality fighter. All right, Rafe, that will wrap up that.
2: One more thing to get
0: into is that, of course, this week, you know it's time for horses, right? It's, It's the biggest sports weekend of the whole entire year. It's not just Canelo. There's horses involved, brother. And Hammer and Hank Goldberg go straight to the source to get you those winning horse racing picks. Last year, Hank was all over Justify Early. Talking to a timer in California. Who is the hammer all over this year in the Kentucky Derby? To find out, hit up Sportsline.com and click on Kentucky Derby to see his picks for this year's Derby. Use the promo code Derby, D-E-R-B-Y, to get your first month of picks for just $1. That's what I'm talking about. Ride them horses. Oh, heck. Yeah. Tell them. Hammer and Hank sent
1: you. Campbell, Campbell, you are next, my friend. Let's do this. Let's effing do this, man. I'm wired.
2: Golovkin, you are
0: next, my friend. No, Gennady Gulovkin. Danny, it's Danny. No, 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 no. It's Danny's night. It actually will be Danny's night this Saturday.
1: I I feel like Brian when when. Canelo addresses Jacobs. He calls him Daniel. Daniel. I don't think he would say Danny. I don't think he, I think he gives that. Again, it's the no-cell. It's the no-cell thing. He's not gonna call you by the name everyone else called. He's gonna call you by your full name. Well, you
0: ain't even yet. That's, see, that's where it's wrong. Canelo's touching so many M's. So many M's. Canelo's swimming in M's. Canelo eating beef, wiping his mouth with M's. Couple hours later, wiping his ass cheeks with M's, right?
1: And then the phrase, tainted M's, entered the lexicon, Brian. All right, before
0: we can get into a preview of this weekend's Cinco de Mayo Super Bowl, if you will, the best fight of the year so far in 2019, and before we can find out whether Rafe cares about the satellite fights lingering around this big one this weekend, we got to get into the latest news and the big news this week, Rafe, in A.O., Wow, did not see this coming.
1: You're serious? You're serious? <laughs> okay, yeah, I am serious. Are you serious
0: about Triple G? Are you serious, bro? Triple G cuts ties with Abel Sanchez. You remember that man from this show? We've got his own soundboard for him, right? He's on here, right? 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 right?
1: I'm waiting. But I don't know. That? I'd like- <laughs> I know he was gonna say that.
2: No, those are YouTubers. Oh, I don't know who those guys. are. I'm not
0: on YouTube. He's not on YouTube. He will not be in Triple G's corner against Stevie Rolls uh either. And it comes down to this, Rafe. We've heard the back and forth. It seems like, tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I've got this wrong. Triple G's got, I don't want to say turmoil in his camp and personal life. He's taking back ownership, it seems, of his camp and personal life couple fights ago, he fired those brothers, right? Oleg and the other dude, Oleg and Max, who are his managers. He got rid of that guy who used to be his security. He's been switching up translators. He's now doing interviews in Russian only. And now, Rafe, signing the big Dizone deal, first fight against Steve Rolls coming up in a few weeks. That means he's touching M's, bro. He's touching a lot. And he came back to Abel, reportedly, and the, the person, the source is Abel himself, who's saying... Gennady offered him one-fifth of what he used to be getting. Now, what he used to be getting was 10%, which is the standard trainer rate. But when you go up into the millions, that trainer at 10% is going to be making Freddie Roach money. And it seems like Triple G stood up for his own finances, Rafe, and said, Nah, bro, you ain't getting 10% anymore. I'm cutting you a deal here. Abel, real pissed, beat him to it, said they're cutting ties anyone that called up Abel, Abel was telling them the truth. Rafe, where do you stand in this divide? Who was right? Who was wrong? Is this a good move for 37-year-old Triple G to do? What do you got, bro?
1: There's a lot. I mean, first of all, it's – it's we got to say it's sad, right? I mean, they they, they were a good team. Abel acting as Golovkin's mouthpiece in recent years – Maybe kinda, the, the, the shtick was starting to wear out. We all kinda started to get a little tired of Mexican style and challenging Canelo to fight Mexican style when that never really meant anything. And, 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 and but at the same time, it, it, it served a purpose for Triple G who is not a great talker. We all know this, especially like if he tried, he's only a great talker when he's not trying to say anything, when he's just randomly spitting out, hi, tell your parents, hi, say hi. He's pretty good Spanish, you know. Yeah, that stuff—that stuff, that stuff uh, works. However, when he's actually trying to make like cogent points, that has never come across in any entertaining way. So, you know, it, that was important. And just they were a great team, right? I mean, Abel, uh, I think, deserves a lot of credit for helping Golovkin when he came to the states develop this pressure. Beautiful cutting off the ring footwork that that and style that led to that knockout streak that made him so electric and exciting. He wasn't just a a, a stand up really technical Euro style boxer who, who who you know with a great Olympic pedigree and super heavy hands turned him into this this beast. Uh and and Abel uh gets a lot of credit, and I think he deserves some of that credit, and they were a good team, and, and it's hard to think of them without each other. So, first of all, it's just sad that that this relationship breaks up. Period. Now, is anyone to blame? I look, here's what I sense has gone on with, with Triple G. He I think he took this the bad breaks that he got over the last couple of years with Canelo. The adolescent I think <laughs> yeah, for all, all, uh, the, the tainted meat, the adolescent bird, all of that, I think he took it real hard because he could do no wrong. He was boxing's golden, uh, you can't say golden boy, but he was boxing's wonder boy or something along those, right? Good boy. He w- every, people loved him to the to, to the point that they loved him so much there was a backlash against him. And, no, I think, that, a good boy. <laughs> so, so, Everything was, was, was gravy with him, but he was never quite getting his, the money he deserved, right? He had these, these guys from Universum and then these managers, Oleg and whoever, ta- who had a piece of him, probably weren't adding any value to him, but he, they had paper on him. He's still paying them something out of his purses. All right. If you listen to Evan Rutkowski on, Chris Mannix's podcast last week, he mentioned that when they were at, when when Triple G was getting started at at HBO, and remember, this is right when HBO started getting real creative with their budget, right? They they weren't spending as much on boxing. And while that allowed them to bring in some of these European fighters that we fell in love with, I think a part of that strategy was also they didn't have to pay some of these guys as much at the beginning before they were stars. So Rakowski said that, Golovkin was taking less money to fight more often on the network which helped he had to do to build his star but also he was taking less money and so at the time it probably felt fine because HBO was treating him like a star everyone is excited about him right Jim Lampley is coming up to Brian Campbell grabbing him at Jimmy's corner after the Curtis Stevens fight saying yes it's real and it is spectacular now what was the line Brian? He's for real, Jim. He's for real. And Jim turned around and said,
0: he has the finest craft of any destroyer that I've ever seen. You're damn right. He's for real. And then he walked off I mean, to the New
1: York City. I mean, is, that is like just goosebumps, man. I'm I'm feeling the moment right now all over again. It made me forget all over again what happened to Mago on that night. I'm sorry. I'm crossing oh, myself. God. I shouldn't have said that. Now. Um
0: why <laughs> don't you just talk about Rick Peru's dead su- baby? I mean, what is, no, come on, seriously. Uh, uh, Actually,
1: the baby uh, uh, lived. Uh, Sorry, keep it going. Brian, Brian. So, um, he probably, Golovkin probably didn't mind when everything was, 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 was gravy, right? Because it seems like everything's going well. They're taking him to meet the Game of Thrones people. He's, right. he's HBO's, he's one of HBO's stars. But then what happens? He, he finally, Canelo's been dodging him. Canelo fights Kodo. Canelo drops in weight. He fights Khan. He fights Liam Smith. Golovkin sitting there beating whoever they'll give him and not getting as much credit as he deserved. Now people are holding that against Golovkin that people wouldn't fight him. And he ended up beating guys like Dominic Wade saying, who did he actually beat? So then he fights Canelo first fight. Almost everyone, almost everyone other than the judges thinks that Golovkin won that fight, pressured him, landed more shots. You know, it didn't look great. It was a competitive fight, and and there's a there's a enough of an argument that you can't call it a robbery. But man, it felt like eighty five ninety percent of the people scoring that fight scored it for Golovkin. Golovkin gets the draw. Okay, we're supposed to run it right back, May next year. Let's go. Oops, no, no, we don't. No. What do we get instead? We get clenbuterol, tainted beef, six and then months the for tainted six, meat at the Lexicon. That's right. Six month suspension for Canelo. Golovkin goes nuts. He's calling out for, he's calling the, the Nevada Commission terrorists. He's uh, looking for the injection marks on <laughs> Canelo's on canelo's abdomen i mean it's this is when he starts to crack up a little bit and he still wants to fight right because he's older he needs to stay active he's used to fighting a lot he doesn't want to fight on this on this prima donna once twice a year schedule that floyd and canelo have 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 made a standard in boxing he's no he wants to be in the ring and he wants the money he wants a real payday well hbo wasn't planning on paying money didn't have money in the budget for May that year, because it was supposed to be a pay-per-view, which they wouldn't have had to take out of the budget for. So what do they do? They get Vonis. And he can and, and Golovkin only gets like a million dollars for fighting Vonis. He felt disrespected. And he starts to see what's going on. HBO were my boys. They rode with me. They rode with him up into a point. They rode with him up into the point of when the more important fighter worth more money became more important to them than Golovkin. That guy was always Canelo. And he's, and he's starting to see the writing on the wall. By the time September comes around, everyone's whispering, Hey, is HBO boxing even going to last past this fight? We don't even know. Golovkin, there's whispers of him being really upset with, with the network that, that really broke him out, you know, that really, that, that made him a star and, and all of these relationships starting to fall apart. What happens in the, what happens in the fight? Another great fight. I scored at a draw. I can see why people scored it uh, a win for for canelo i can see all the people who think that Golovkin's jab didn't get enough credit and he he may and he had a case for winning that fight too but he loses it again he doesn't get the you know he does not get the rub that that he feels he deserves and then hbo disappears canelo is everyone's everyone's first priority in free agency right every canelo gets the 300 million dollar deal Golovkin has to shop himself around, try and see what's best after that. Gets a great deal with the zone. Can get that third fight with Canelo, but he's still not making Canelo money. And I think something snapped and he just said, F this. I'm tired of sacrificing. I'm tired of being a good guy. I'm tired of paying all these people when I'm not even getting what I deserve. And I'm the one who goes in there and puts his balls on the line to, Ooh. to in these fights. And, and unfortunately it led him to this decision that he doesn't need Abel Sanchez anymore. Maybe it's the right decision. I mean, people criticized Abel's, uh, corner work during the fights, right? We've, we've never seen him come up with an adjustment. He just keeps saying, go out there and knock him out. What the heck, you know, but at the same now, time.
0: In his defense though, I yeah. had Golovkin winning both Canelo fights. He didn't necessarily need, I think the, the lack of adjustment was most blatant in the Danny Jacobs fight, but you're right. In all three fights, there was no plan B, C or D or E or F even though well, it seemed like Golovkin's plan A was enough in all three.
1: Wait a minute. Well, here's the thing, Brian. I think that even if Abel didn't tell him what to do, Golovkin did adjust in the in the second Canelo fight, right? Because Canelo, threw a different look at him, all of a sudden was on the front foot, taking the center of the ring, pushing Golovkin back. And yes, that, we have to say it here now, right? That allowed Canelo to, quote, win the story of the fight. But... Golovkin, I think, deserves more credit for how he adjusted to that from Canelo, because he went right, he became the mover, he circled around Canelo, was never really on the ropes in that fight, and he came on strong, was winning most of the later rounds, landing really some scary shots late in that fight that looked like he might turn it around, and... and made a case that a lot like you had it for for Golovkin a lot of people had it for Golovkin I had it a draw I thought he did adjust to a different style now did Abel help him make that adjustment it there was there's no proof that he did maybe he did maybe he didn't we don't really know um but though that 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 criticism of Abel I think is warranted given all the evidence that we have um but I think what it came down to was just Golovkin saying I this is my show now and 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 not wanting to give up. This is his last, this is his last, he's 37, right? He's, he's born like three, three weeks before me. I hate to say now that I'm 37 too. We're all washed as F. Life is coming to an end. Wow. But Golovkin still gets to fight at a world class level a few more times. And this is it, Brian. This is it. And he only gets these paydays once. So th- does he not want to give 10% of 100 mil away to Abel Sanchez? Apparently he doesn't. Now, I mean, you could understand. You could that. say, You You could say, yeah, I do understand that because Abel Sanchez is still going to make more money than he was making when he was making 10% of $500,000 purses or $1 million purses. On
0: this show, talking bad about – on our Grantland version of this show, telling us why Sergey Kovalev was kicked out of the summit gym for just being a bad human. The points Abel's made about loyalty, they are sort of ringing true right now. I think – Golovkin hit a point where he outgrew Abel. The loyalty didn't matter as much for all the reasons you just laid out. I don't think this this is this feels like a heel turn. But it's not really a heel turn. In some ways, Glufkin's changing by not changing at all, but everything around him has changed. The fun loving Golovkin is dead though. Look at me, I have three bells. So look at me. That guy's dead. That guy doesn't even want to speak English anymore. That guy speaks and understands English great and is now bringing a Russian translator everywhere, and the sound bites are worse. He's saying nothing, Rafe. He's angry.
1: Speak it, believe it, translated.
0: Him and his wife are doing all the negotiating. Tom Lo- Loeffler is involved, but it doesn't seem like in the front seat anymore. It's just so weird to see, Rafe, because what we loved about this guy— was the dichotomy between being the baby babyface assassin, the goofball, and the killer in the ring. Now he's just straight up acting like the killer. And in some ways, you nailed it perfectly in all the reasons why we can't blame him. But he ain't getting any younger. Now he just cut ties with Abel, and I almost feel like he's so angry, Rafe, that he may have lost what got him to this point. And it's going to be harder for him to win these super elite fights like a trilogy against Canelo the older he gets. But I feel like he's just so, like, filled with, with just hatred right now. And, like, he's like Anakin in Episode 3. If we're really being honest, Rafe. And, and maybe it'll be Adolescent Bird that comes and slices off his legs in the Mustafar system and he's on fire. And then I don't know, does Don King come by and, and scoop up? Somebody's going to come by and scoop him up. I don't know where I'm at right now, but the whole point, Rafe.
1: Wow, the know. Mustafar system. How did you pull that, Brian? I you are, man, department. you are on some nerd stuff
0: I that I didn't even know about. No Soul the Departed, by the way. I know it was only the second time I've seen it, but I committed to it on the plane today. Rafe, it was awesome. The MVP of the Departed was Leo. By
1: Far, I know you probably going no to way, me, man. Yeah. It is it is that rat that that rat in the final shot no. is the MVP. A little oh, bit on yeah, the yeah, nose, yeah, Brian. Yeah, don't yeah, you yeah. think? Just on the tip, though. In fact, I,
0: we have some experts who are helping us out with that. In fact, right now,
2: I have a group of analysts who receive
1: the tip, they review the tip, uh, they analyze the tip information, and determine what type of tip it is.
0: Rafe, um, would you give though seriously here, Leo, the MVP of that movie? I know you're probably a big I, Jack guy, but it's Leo. It's Leo all the way, bro. I'm not even I Leo. can't
1: remember it well enough, man. I, 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 I don't know, man. I, I Leo, yes. I, Jack was kind of, I do remember thinking that Jack Nelson was kind of ridiculous in that film.
0: I mean, he was great, but he was, you're right. He was great in sort of an Al Pacino scent of a woman sort of way.
1: You're gonna miss my hoo-ha!
0: Yeah, yeah, alright. Wow, you look, are you sweating right now? You're sweating to the oldies right now? Or is it it's automatically... ninety
1: five degrees here in the tropics, man. I'm sweating balls. Oh, all right,
0: Tropic Thunder. All right. Um. So here to close on this Triple G news, it's not necessarily shocking, but it's a step forward in that direction of of Dark Lord Sith, uh Triple G. What trainer should replace? Because everyone's suddenly uh, Robert Garcia's putting out quotes. You sent me some great sound that I didn't have time to add, but there are some people that are after his services. Wouldn't you love an offensive coach like Coach Roach or? Or Joe Goosen to take over Triple G and say, you know what, bro? F defense. F your jab. F your amateur background. Go in there and be what Jim Lampley said you were.
1: That destroyer.
0: The f- yeah.
1: Um, Brian, yes, it's an interesting question. I think one of the, one of the things I'm, I'm going to be curious to watch and see how it plays out is that by able sort of making it pretty clear or at least hinting at the financial terms that he was unwilling to take does that make it harder for another big name trainer like a Robert Garcia like a Freddie Roach a kind of guy who feels like hey I am a, I'm one of the best in this game for years I deserve 10%. Does it make it harder for them to accept a 5% or a 3% even if it's still a figure in the millions because of all of the money that Golovkin is making? Does that make it harder for them to do that just in terms of saving face, in terms of pride? Um, I wonder that there's also the question, Golovkin is a, you know, he's 37. He may be at the point in his career where he, he's one of these guys who feels like he can train himself, the Vlad thing. He's gonna get Max's brother, he's gonna bring out, he's gonna fly in a couple of quality blokes from, from Kazakhstan and let them, you know, tell them what to, to, to keep him on point and let him train there near his home in Santa Monica, probably at Peter Berg's gym, Wild Card West, and let the and, and just basically have people hire a cut man and just let them, and just Basically be his own trainer with a little bit of help from his boys so they get, so he gets to keep all the money in the family. If it's truly a money play. That could happen. Robert Garcia was mentioning this in that interview. And that's a, anyone, I do, I do look it up in my favorites folder or it's, I don't really have a favorites folder. So you might have to just search for it on YouTube. But Robert Garcia, it's a fight hub. Shout out to Marcos Villegas. He didn't conduct this interview, but he is the man at fight hub. Anyway, fight hub did this interview with Robert at a gym in Riverside where he's, he really breaks it down. He talks about both sides, sees it from Abel's point of view, sees it from Golovkin's point of view and says, look, Both guys have their reasons. It's not really fair. And he also says, you know, yeah, I'd love to be his trainer. So I don't know if that means he wants all the – what what money it would be. But but that's the guy who I want because I think of how he works with Marcos Maidana. Now, Golovkin, totally different level, way more schooled, skilled, classic. You know, he doesn't need to be refined the way that Garcia did with Marcos Maidana. But – He definitely – everything that Robert Garcia did with Marcos Maidana worked. Everything he's doing with Josecito Lopez appears to be working. Lopez Josecito almost busted Keith German's – Keith German. Keith Thurman the German, Thurman Nerman, Sturman messed up his jaw, but almost busted his jaw in that fight. Robin Garcia is my I'd love me some Robert Garcia. I think he's might be my favorite trainer, and I think that that's the guy who i'd like to see Golovkin land with. I kind of suspect he's going to go for just keep it in the family so they get to keep all the money though.
0: What about papachenko
1: that would be awesome too would be very interesting because we don't see that 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 crew accepting. Outsiders in, right? It's, it's all, it's all family. These guys all grew up together. Papachenko's been working with these guys since they were teenagers, you since Kossacks they were going you- on fishing trips in Lake Ackerman or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, but you come um, and Ukrainians get along, Rafe. Is there a built-in well, relationship? I, I, there, I'm sure there are some, you know, if you go way back, you can, you can talk about the Soviet satellites and, and how they have been played against each other historically. But once they come to America, they're all, I think, I think that kind of smooths it out, right, because Kovalev, I mean, he's part of the Aegis Klimas posse. He's cool with those guys. They show him love. He shows them love. He's a Russian. I mean, Russia and Ukraine and Ukraine are, are at odds right now. Even, even there was a lot of respect between Murat Gassiev and, and Oleksandr Usyk when they fought, and that was actually sold as a political-type war with Russia coming in to put that fight on Russian soil in hopes that Gassiev could win it and, and instead getting his lunch taken from him by the great— Great, the great, the great Alexander Usyk. Anyway, I think it would be really cool if he did that. I think it would be really interesting to see how they work with an older fighter, a guy who you're not going to teach Golovkin a whole lot of new things, change a whole lot about him. If if Papachenko would be willing to take on that kind of challenge, be really interesting. I, I think that would happen. be cool. Robert Garcia seems like an easier pick, but damn, I, I'd like to see that too. There would probably be
0: some Russian guy you never heard of. In the end, I wish yes. it was this. He
2: took his nuts, now You got to take his heart. Yeah, take his whole soul away.
0: I don't think she would care about the percentage. But,
1: but, but they're back together. You yeah, saw, yeah, James you saw Kirkland, that Kirkland and
0: and Ann Wolf back together, big time, fired up for that. All right, we could ramble on forever. We can't do it though. I, it's time to talk about Danny Jacobs. Danny Jacobs, you're the boy. Into zone. You put it on him. Yeah, well, he might you put know? it on the Eddie. We'll find out. Well, Brian, this is, what I'm what, sorry, what, Brian. What? Ray? Can I what you see, got? What
1: Can you got? I get? Can I get you to to, to speak on a one other? Nugget of news that that came this past week: the the announcement that our guy El Chino has has decided to return to Argentina and uh, re-enter retirement. The comeback is over. Yeah,
0: it's one of those that is is the right move in the end, but of course we're disappointed, Rafe. Right, <laughs> Rafe, you know, back in the early 2000s when I was um, living in a real crappy third floor apartment. We used to say, what band, if they got back together, would you drive across country for? And Back then it was, if Van Halen could only get David Lee Roth back, f- screw it, dude. We'd drop everything, call in sick for a week, and drive 18 hours to see it. Chino's of that, like, nostalgic, bring the band back together. It's like, I- I'll see Chino in any form. Sad, gross, fat, skinny, uh, Floyd trilogy, whatever you got for me. But... The reality is when these nostalgic acts get back together and you revisit their collaborations, it's not the same. So maybe we'll just live in the memories, right?
1: That's fine. That's true. And I think uh, it's not just nostalgia, though, with – With El Chino and while I think it's great that boxing fans are so sort of unanimous in in their happiness for him that he he did what no one else does, right? He was a guy who got the two gigantic Floyd paydays and rode off into the sunset drinking Hennessy and whatever and and eating steaks. Robert Garcia said estimated that he was eating one full cow a week during his time in Argentina, which I don't think is humanly possible, but still pretty funny to think. And he's like, Argentine Argentine, what's that? I eat steak every day. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mark, Maidana was eating steak every day. Uh, it's very funny. That's another good Fight Hub interview from the same day with Robert Garcia talking about Maidana when he's like, Argentinians, they eat a lot of meat, man. They eat a lot of cow. Um, it just, uh, uh, he was awesome. Robert is awesome. Um, no, but, but it's not just nostalgia with Maidana because he was peaking. He had just given Floyd the two best fights of Floyd's late career. He, loved, He had, he coming off the win over Adrian Broner, he, Maidana is that guy who we would have loved, who would have given a different element who, to, to this Walter weight division. And really, we don't have a, a, a high-level, tough-as-balls caveman, a guy who can box but is also just mean and yes, nasty and can punch. Yes, Ooh. we do. Jarrett Hurd. In the Walter weight division, my no, brother? No. No. I mean in that division. I want it wouldn't you don't you wish that Madonna had stayed around to to see just test just how much Danny is made of? I'm Or just guys like you that. Sean Porter. You're right. Even Errol Spence. Don't I mean, those none of them. it will ever happen. It's impossible. Do you
0: agree with That's Julian what? J. Rock Williams' his trainer, Breadman, saying that
1: Jarrett Hurd is the black margarita though? I like that. There's definitely something to it. Uh he, the style is not quite the same, but just the, the pressure, the over, the way that he, he's a downhill fighter. Hell yeah, I can see it. All right.
0: I, I got to stop you and talk about Danny. It's, Dan- it's Danny's show. You know what he has, Rafe.
2: Danny uh, has a stick.
0: All right? I don't know why you won't let me talk about Danny Jacobs.
2: What's the deal? T- Does Danny Jacobs I mean- have bad breath or something?
0: I mean, seriously, Rafe. All right? Right?
1: You got he me? is that guy. If you tell him there's a fight, he's like, "Take me to the gymnasium. I'm with t- with show me to the nearest taxi."
2: Folks, this is the kind of fight that's going to stop traffic.
0: All right, Rafe, time to run out in the middle of the road and talk about this. Into Zone, T-Mobile Arena, Las Vegas, this Saturday night. Canelo Jacobs. Three of the four recognized middleweight world titles are on the line. Of course, Demetrius Andrade has the WBO, the other one. Three of the four plus the lineal. Maybe the ring magazine. Maybe a WBC silver white. Well, oh, you know
1: they got a nice belt. It looks like a clock this time.
0: Yeah, it's probably made out of dead people. So, uh, you know, soil, it's probably made out of soil and green. All that. But Rafe, before we get into the, uh, the breakdown, all that humor me business wise. What does zone need here to not make this a train wreck? What does zone need? How much pressure is on Canelo to not only win, but to really drive product? And you know they're spending a ton on marketing. They've been everywhere for this. What, from a business sense, is at stake here for DAZN in this single
1: fight? Well, this, especially now with all the uncertainty around what is going to happen with Anthony Anthony Josh – on June 1st, the the fight that's coming up next month, the the other biggest star in boxing, AJ. That yeah, AJ was born, but who? When will his opponent be born? Where is the birthplace of AJ's opponent? It's on Vlad's stick. Vlad is off in Ukraine, hiding somewhere. Anyway, let 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 me focus. I know I've I've knocked us off track fifteen times already. Um, a lot is riding on this, Brian, because this is the first super fight. Uh, Maybe it's not a real super fight, but it's the best fight of the year. It's the biggest pay-per-view star in American boxing, Canelo Alvarez, in an important fight with an American opponent, a guy we've seen at the highest level. It's close to a 50-50 fight. On the merits, it probably is a 50-50 fight. The only thing that's keeping it from that is the Canelo factor, and he's fighting in Las Vegas again. So... All of that means that they're looking – the zone is looking at the numbers that Golovkin and Canelo did in their last two fights. They got over a million both times, right? What was the first one? Like a million and a half. The second one, 1.2. And that was paying what? 75, 80 bucks for a a pay-per-view. They've priced this out. They're telling people you could buy it for 20 bucks like it's a pay-per-view or you can buy the whole package – 100 bucks. That's, that's, that's a good deal for that kind of package, if you know what I'm saying. Are you going to get a package? Mm-hmm. Who else no. puts the
0: balls on the line, Rafe, than zone?
1: Who? That's right. So They're thinking, they want to, look, basically what it means is they're, they they want to get their subscriber base, which they haven't added, really, really revealed any details about before. They want to get that up to a million with this fight. They want to get it over a million. They, I bet they... Their pie in the sky dreams, they could, they think maybe that they could get two million. And I have news for you, Brian Campbell. Many people, I don't actually know if this is true, but many people think that they could do that. Because if you tell me that I can watch Canelo Alvarez, Saul, Saul Canelo Alvarez fighting Danny Jacobs for $20, yes. don't Yes. you think there's two million people in, the, in the, the United States of America, we're willing to put that money down to see that fight. They think they're the B-E-S-T
0: of American streaming apps. The Zone.
1: They think-
2: And Eddie Hearn and these guys have a plan to build a platform. They're luring people like Canelo to the platform and-
1: They think the PPV is D-E-A-D, Brian.
2: Uh, I thought the Zone was going to hit us between the eyes with some great fights. Who's Canelo going to fight? Tom, Dick, or Harry? No, he's
0: fighting David Jacobs, and this is, Dwyer, a great fight. In fact, it was Jacobs himself who said this. Three special words. Bring me Canelo. And he's getting it. Danny Jacobs, you're the boy, but I think you're right. A lot of pressure. They don't release their numbers, but this is the first one. This is the pay-per-view. Look, Rafe, of the other fights this year that were pay-per-views, you could argue they didn't deserve it. Look, pac Broner, Starwise, that's a pay-per-view in any era. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand by that one. But if we're honest, Connor is not a pay-per-view fight. No, sir. Spence Garcia on paper? Not a pay-per-view fight.
1: Not really. This is a pay-per-view Brandon.
0: fight, Rafe. I'm telling you yeah, it is, not- alright? So I think this is their obviously their best chance. I hope they do it. You want them to do it. You want them to be a player. Actually, if you're cheering for the health and success of boxing, you'd want somebody who's killing pay-per-view and giving you that flat rate to succeed. So I'm looking forward to see what they do. Numbers wise, whatever will leak out, maybe we can follow Rick Laser on Facebook to find the true numbers in the end, but business wise, a lot on the line. Fight wise, Rafe, real lot on the line. You got a pound for pound performer, Canelo, who's as high as two on a lot of P- P4Ps. No worse than four or five. Going up against a guy in Danny Jacobs, who's kind of on the outside looking in, but a guy who is tough as balls. Pushed Golovkin to the limit. It's been a long time since Dimitri, uh, uh, what's his name, sent him to hell. Dimitri Piro. Piro. Long time since then. This is a new man. This is a new fighter, Rafe. I can't wait for this one. This is going to be 12 rounds of fury. It will go the distance in the end. I know he says he'll stop Canelo, but ultimately you nailed it. You're like, if Canelo can walk through 24 rounds of triple G's best shot, we're looking at a fun ass twelve round action fight here, Wraith. I think it could be one of those where the styles change throughout because Danny can switch stances. So this could be one of those that is high action between sluggers, but has ebbs and flows, has strategic decisions and changes. Really looking forward to it.
1: All right, Brian. Let me let me tell me, school me on something. You are Andre Rozier, Danny Jacobs' trainer. What, what, what game plan are you gonna give to Danny to win this fight? Now, do you, what, you gonna make him take some risks? How, what is, cause you know you've gotta make it clear. You, you don't, you need to put distance. You do not wanna be going to the scorecards on a close fight. Now, look, karma comes around. Someday Canelo will lose a close decision. Yeah, but he's undefeated so far in close decisions uh so uh, you, you would you, you and and if you want to put on the full tin foil hat and get real conspiracy minded here the zone the powers that be so to speak they want canelo to continue being the biggest star in boxing to continue whatever his reign atop the middleweight division so they can make more huge fights and continue building that subscriber base he's got eight more fights on that 330 350 million dollar deal and you know what not just his own not just boxing all of the sports world wants canelo to win this because that means the zone's gonna keep paying LeBron James to make videos about him. It's gonna keep putting uh advertisements on the Bill Simmons podcast. Is that Canelo is the goose that laid the golden egg? So what do you have to do to make that? Case clear enough that you have beaten this man on Saturday night. If you are Danny Jacobs,
0: wow, you're very loquacious today. I like this, Rafe. You're spinning webs. Yeah. You're, you're Rafe is the test man, the test maker in this podcast. Um, I think you're right, by the way, that everybody needs him to win. Even WBC, everybody. Look, he shot a guy for ten million three hundred sixty-five. Sorry, Triple G, G
1: hates his guts and he needs him to win. Exactly.
0: 10 fight, 365 million deal. Of course you want him to win when you know you got Triple G in the bullpen after he knocks out Pacino's, uh, pizza rolls. What's those, what are those things? Uh, those, those things called Chino's pizza rolls. What are they called? Chino's pizza
1: rolls? I, oh yeah, one? Steve Roll. Yeah, the pizza man. I, yeah, I get yeah. you now. Yeah, I, um, ah, uh, shoot. I know bagel bites, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pizza in the morning, yeah. pizza yeah. in the wow. evening, All right, pizza at supper time. Question.
0: Game plan-wise, if you're Rosier, what do you do? Here's the thing. Outside of knocking Canelo down a bunch of times, which doesn't seem like it's going to happen, he took bombs from Triple G in that second fight and fought Mexican style and showed us that Canelo has an elite chin. And
1: he's He responsible. took bombs in the first
0: fight. Who's and this? he's responsible Go. defensively, so he never really gets hit flush with things he doesn't see coming. He took Golovkin's best shots in scenarios in which he stood in front of him, dug in, bit down hard, saw the punches coming in and ate them. Yes, he's a man, but he's responsible enough defensively where he doesn't get caught like Danny Jacobs did against Pirogue, right? That doesn't happen. So if you're Jacobs, number one, volume has to be key because Golovkin, I watched him beat Canelo twice with volume, but it was mostly volume with the jab, though, because Golovkin wasn't quick enough to set himself and throw and consistently hit Canelo with power shots, except for really the last few rounds of that rematch in terms of consistently being able to do it. And some of that is because, like you said, Canelo switched styles and tried to be the aggressor in front of him. So what does that mean? Here's what it means, Rafe. You're going to have to throw and land a lot of punches But it can't just be jabs. It needs to be effective hard punches. So I think switching of stances is going to be key because the key advantage Danny Jacobs has on paper over Canelo is foot speed. Canelo swivels at the waist great, but he ain't quick in terms of his feet, all right? Right. Jacobs is athletic, and he's going to really have to use that athleticism. I think he's going to have to really set the tone, get off first, make Canelo a counterpuncher, but lower Canelo's output by constantly switching stances and changing looks, kind of darting in and out. So you got to come at it almost with a boxing mindset of where you're fighting. And maybe this isn't Danny Jacobs' style. Danny Jacobs can move. He's athletic, but he's not a pure boxer. He's a boxer puncher, if we're being honest. I mean, you can compare him to legends.
2: Jacobs is a puncher, right? Boxer, puncher. Think Sugar Ray Robinson.
0: But I think he's, especially early on, Rafe, is going to have to really let those hands go with combinations and really just be different. Frustrate Canelo. Because if you decide to punch with Canelo and stand in front of him, he's going to land some really good-looking hard counter shots. And when you add that with the plus 25 percentage he's already getting with the judges, no matter whether you believe the sport's corrupt or not, it's going to be hard to beat Canelo without a knockdown. So to do that, A, job one, you have to land more than him. But B, Rafe, tell me if I'm wrong, it can't just be on jabs.
1: I think you're right. However, however, Brian, I think – The real important thing is for Danny to look like he is outclassing Canelo. Now, I don't know if that's possible. Yes, yes, yeah. I I, I think the, the thing that he really needs to avoid is letting Canelo have those classic Canelo moments where he finds his distance and uncorks a beautiful combination, uppercuts, body shots, Straights, I mean, like, one, he, he has some of the nicest combination punching in boxing. And Jacobs, I think, has a route to preventing him from doing that. Like, he needs to basically make it look like he is the big, the tall, middleweight Floyd Mayweather giving Canelo nothing. Not letting Canelo have any success. Because if Canelo has any success in a round, I don't trust a judge to give that round To the other guy. So he's gotta try to really make Canelo look bad. Don't let him get off at all. Use those legs, use that length, use that height. I don't care if he's mostly only scoring with jabs, if he can shut Canelo down enough to basically say have have people saying, Well, yeah, Danny's just winning with the jab, but Canelo is looks like he can't even he can't even get to him. Now, again, Canelo has improved so much. I don't know if you can, if anyone can do that to Canelo anymore, but Danny is fast in a way that, that Golovkin wasn't. Like Golovkin has good legs, but he doesn't use them in the same way that Dan, he can't be, he's not evasive in the same way that Danny Jacobs has been. Um, and I, I really think that he needs to do that. He needs to try and make Canelo look bad. Make him look like he's swinging and missing. Make him look, like he's too slow. Like he can't handle his speed. And if the opportunities come to land bigger shots, fine. But just don't let Canelo get off. That's what I think. can't handle your speed, son. So I think you nailed one thing there.
0: It's going to have to be by boxing, but it's going to be by darting in and out. Footwork is going to be the key because if you stand in the pocket against Canelo, you're going to be opened up to him going to the body, and those shots look big for judges. When when he uncorks those big hooks to the body, just like when he ends, lands those big overhand rights or those uppercut from counter positions. So for Jacobs, it's going to be, I think, coming in with offense combinations and then getting out. It's got to be footwork-led moments to where you make Canelo look bad. That's got to be the key. But one thing to remember, and this could help visually— He's dramatically larger than Canelo when they stand up across from each other. Let's remember, Daniel Jacobs is a giant middleweight. Canelo's a small-ish middleweight. He says his best weight 160. Really, Canelo weight 155. He's amazing at. So I think what that means is, Rafe, there may be times to body him up. There may be times to clinch him. There may be times to lean on him where you give that visual like Vlad Klitschko always did so much. You know, land one punch, smother him, lean on him. We've never seen someone really out-physical Canelo. Maybe Chavez Jr. had the right body for it, but he didn't have the right skills or the heart for it. No one's ever done that. Golovkin even is a gentleman. He's a gentleman boxer. There's no dirty. There's no physical. Now There's there's something to be scared of in that if you're Jacobs. You don't want to be too close. You want to fight from distance because of that body attack. But I think there's moments where you have to be the bigger man, where you've got to body him up a little bit, push him back a little bit. You're going to have a three-inch height advantage. You're going to have a reach advantage. You gotta be big here.
1: What what it basically sounds like is we're saying Danny Jacobs needs to fight a little bit like Andre Ward with the mastery of distance. He'll be out he's outside and you can't hit him and then he's inside where he's better than you. He's gotta fight a little bit like Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> he's gotta fight a little bit like I was I was thinking he might have to fight a little bit like sugar ray leonard versus marvin Hagler. steel looking for ways to steal rounds at the a, a, in the last 30 seconds little shoe shine action so basically he needs to become a combination of all of the greatest fighters of of the last 50 years in boxing and maybe he'll get this win that's a lot to bite off another thing uh, uh but as funny as that sounds there is i i, I think that Jacobs can at least accomplish versions of that. Maybe not at the levels that we've seen all those all-time greats do it, but it's not it's not that crazy. The one thing I was gonna say, what if, you 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 brought up the height, you brought up the reach, you brought up the length, you brought up the legs. Why not? Why not look at revisit the recent collaboration between Errol Spence and Mikey Garcia and see if he can't do a little bit of what Spence did to Garcia, the taller man, the faster man, the better jab. Take him out of the fight with that and don't dive, don't, don't go too far. Don't stray from that until Canelo does something to make you.
0: Well, I think the fear here for Jacobs is look, he's a tough, durable middleweight. He got up from a knockdown against Triple G in that fourth round and and sort of figured out, look, uh, this shot didn't kill me, but we've seen him get dropped by Sergio Mora. I think he can be hurt by one punch. So can Canelo land something big from a counter shot perspective early enough that would dissuade Jacobs from becoming the alpha, controlling speed and distance, and really starting to take over this fight? That's going to be a big key. There's no doubt about it, Rafe.
1: And one thing we've seen with Canelo now, it'll be interesting to see if if he can land this shot against Jacobs, but against other taller fighters, bad fighters, like Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. and Rocky Fielding, you saw that when they, he, Canelo took their jabs away fast. He was able to get, counter, go, throw that right over the top of their jabs in a way that they, they, they like, oh shoot, I'm taller than this guy, but this ain't working. Happened right away. And now you think that with Jacobs just being a higher level fighter, faster, that, that it's going to be harder for Canelo to land that shot. But if, if you see Danny start to jab and Canelo's, dial in that overhand right countering it over then ooh that then it could mean we're looking at a, a difficult night for Danny Jacobs that might mean it's time to switch to southpaw and make that and take away that angle
0: i think the southpaw switch is going to be key i mentioned it out the top about switching stances often but that's going to be real key to break canelo out of that rhythm that he likes to do and he likes to set up and land those big right hands and sort of discipline you and dictate a lot of that it's going to be interesting how that comes down just as much as it's going to be interesting rafe though how much does this rehydration clause play a part? It's a 170 pound rehydration clause. The next morning at 8 a.m., they will weigh in a second time. And there was a financial obligation to dissuade Jacobs from missing. It's $300,000 for every pound he's over, I believe. So that, uh, that's pretty intense.
1: Uh, well, here's
0: the deal. Okay. Like he, I think he, ha- he didn't use that rehydration clause against Golovkin 100%. Remember he skipped. He right. made sure he didn't fight for the IBF title and he missed it. I know he has used the IBF rehydration clause specifically against Diria Vinchenko and I think maybe even against Machi Sileczka because it was a number one contender type of situation. This time around the IBF rehydration clause wouldn't be a part of it because they changed the rules where unification bouts that's not, that's not in play because the IBF hmm. is not the lead alphabet. But Canelo was smart enough to put it in, Rafe. You could argue. That Jacobs, although he beat Selechki and beat Derivanchenko, both in close oh. fights, didn't look like Danny Jacobs, the athletic boxer-puncher-destroyer that we'd seen in the past. looked better against Golovkin, you could argue, than he looked against Selechki and Derivanchenko. How much is this rehydration thing gonna, gonna rob from the potential of what he could be?
1: Well, if you, if you want to look at it that way, Brian, Danny Jacobs against Golovkin that's the only time we've seen that Danny Jacobs in his, since he came back from beating cancer I mean that like all the other Danny Jacobs the Danny Jacobs who, who beat Sergio Mora the Danny Jacobs who beat Jared Fletcher the Danny Jacobs who beat I, I don't even know what to make of the Peter Quillen fight the Taylor Danny Truex. Jacobs who beat Suletsky and who beat uh was never quite as good or as impressive as Jacobs was that night when he fought on even terms with Golovkin. And a lot of people believe, was that Danny Jacobs just fighting at his best, motivated because of elevating his level to the level of the best competition? And so if that's the case, then maybe he can do that again for this same caliber of fight. Or maybe that was lightning. Lightning might not strike twice, and you're going to see a Danny Jacobs who was not quite as impressive against some of those other guys. That's fair. And I, that we, we can't answer until we, – that we can only find out in the ring. I think he has it in him as we hear the fruit shakes start to blend here in Camarines Norte. I think Danny can – I think Danny does have it in him to fight at that level for this kind of fight. The same way we saw Gallo Estrada raise his level against SSR – after seeing him look kind of so-so against some of the jobbers he was fighting, I'm sorry, it's unfair to call any small fighter a jobber. Small fighters are gods among men. But <laughs> uh, we saw Gaio raise his 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 level against better competition.
0: I mean, look, Athletes there's, there's something do that. to that. There is something to that. I mean, are you going to get us fired up against an unknown in Maciej Solecki and then he kind of puts pressure on you and surprises you, as you will against Canelo for this many M's on the line? So I hope I hope we don't see a, a worn-down version of Jacobs, the guy who doesn't have the same gas, this guy who doesn't have the same abilities. But that out of the question, you mentioned 50-50. Rafe, I think ultimately is a 50-50. They both have the power to, to hurt each other. They both have toughness enough to go the distance. So it's going to come down to some of those chess elements like we said. If we're not going to act like the rehydration clause is going to be anything, if we're going to say, okay, let's just say best case scenario, it's not. Then what about best case scenario with the damn scoring, Rafe? Because I feel like the same prediction I'm going to have in this fight is the same prediction I had on podcasts ahead of both Golovkin-Canal fights, which is this. Golovkin, or in Jacobs in this case, is going to do enough where at the end of the fight, I will tell you he probably wins 15-13. But the scorecards will tell you Canelo wins 16-12 or 17-11. Tell me there's any reason to believe this time that it's not the same thing once again, that if it goes 12, Canelo wins, and that's just the way it is, brother. It's Vegas. It's the A-side. It's that woman judge. Although, by the way, Adolescent Bird was on the ballot for Nevada to select, and they didn't end up picking her. I know they got Dave Moretti. They got my man, Glenn Feldman, who lives in my town. Both guys had called uh, Triple G Canelo fights in the past and had good scores. I forgot who the third judge was, but it doesn't. It's,
1: seem- it's the same three guys who did the the, the Triple G Canelo two, I believe.
0: So that's not going to be a problem in theory, but it's not always the C.J. Rosses or the the adolescent birds who nail you. Sometimes it's a, just a great judge who sees it a little bit differently. Rafe, what? How much does Danny have to win by to actually win? That's the real question, and. Can we put it behind us? Because when I did ask Eddie Hurt on this show last month, "How do you beat this?" he basically said, "Look, if we just keep talking about it, maybe it'll be in the head of all those judges."
1: I think it is. I mean, look, it definitely is in the head of all those judges. They are people who follow the sport. They are fans of the sport. They know the discussion around it. Now, I, I trust that they will be able to do their job, or I don't know if I actually trust it, but I have to. I have to put my trust in that they will be able to do their jobs. Honestly, and treat the fight round by round the way they're supposed to score fights, the way their training has, and these are three of the best judges in the game. So we we can't we we if if we're gonna we're gonna just assume that we're gonna see the same story over and over again. Then I don't know. That now now I just feel like I sound like a goddamn idiot. I don't know, Brian. It's (laughs) tough. It is a tough question. I choose to believe. I choose to believe. What does Danny need to do? I, I I you know. It has become a little bit of a uh, a cliche, uh, 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 a phrase that we don't always like to hear in boxing, a a subject of some ridicule. But I'm going to pay homage to my guy from downtown Manhattan who went to Hunter College High School before me, the one and only Max Kellerman, and say that I think Danny needs to win the story of the fight here. And what I mean by that is that he has to dictate these terms. That's what I that I think like like kind of like I was saying earlier or exactly like I was saying earlier. He needs to make Canelo look bad. He needs to make him miss, make him look like he can't find any success. Deny him those moments. And how he does it whether it's by that mix of distance and smothering you're talking about, whether it's a more conservative Strategy that has him really boxing from the outside and not divert, not not straying from that until Canelo forces him to. If you, I say, Danny, if you can out jab Canelo, throw in a throw in a straight over the top every once in a while, make him miss, never let him get off. Basically, follow the Errol Spence, Mikey Garcia blueprint. If you could do that, do it. I don't care if it's spectacular. Shut that man out. If that's the way you do it, do it. It,
0: Is it? I want to argue this. All that we said coming in of everybody wants and needs Canelo to win. It's not horrific for DAZN. Tell me if I'm wrong. That Jacobs wins a close decision in a fight of the year type contender. Great fight. You run it back this fall. Meanwhile, your new addition Triple G fights. I don't know, Demetrius Andrade for the other belt. And then Triple G fights the winner of Jacobs Canelo 2 next May. Cinco de Mayo they have all the middleweights outside of Jermall Charlo. so it's probably not like you don't destroy the model if Canelo loses cuz you're guaranteed a big fight in that rematch true or false
1: right and and i think and i think we're assuming and i think we have a, it may you can't really assume anything in boxing but i think it is fair to predict that this will be a really competitive and exciting fight the canelo almost yeah. never fails in that regard even he even brought a little bit of life out of Landi Lara and Jacobs is going to be motivated. Jacobs has to do something spectacular. Let's get cliched. He has to, the miracle man needs a miracle, not necessarily talent wise, but just with all the things stacked up against him, he needs, it's going to feel miraculous. If he, if we hear his name called out as the winner on the scorecards on Saturday night, um, and that, that's, and, but that's the thing, Brian. We always talk about what boxing wants, what the business wants, what the powers, what the shady powers that be want. When really a great fight usually gets people excited for the next great fight. A great fight is never bad for boxing, even if the guy, even if the, the, the house fighter doesn't win. So I think you're right. Even though the the things are lined up for Danny to be up against it, to be up against all those intangibles, all those things he can't control, if it's a great fight, it's not going to hurt anyone. It will raise his stock. Canelo is already the biggest star in boxing. I don't think that it will be very hard for for, for something to happen in this fight that that dents that kind of – uh, reputation so yeah a great fight that danny wins the sport rolls on i think the only one who loses in that scenario is triple g who wants his third shot at canelo as soon as possible
2: that is that is very true i love me some Saul canelo alvarez
1: all right it's time
0: to get into the predictions here rafe and here's the deal Cynically, I want to give you that same prediction the third time in a row. Well, I kind of think Jacobs could win, but, you know, boxing will be boxing and Canelo will win again. But, Rafe, sometimes really good stories just have happy endings. No, I don't mean like that. What I'm trying to say, Rafe, this ain't girl collection. What I'm trying to say is sometimes things like Linsanity happen. Sometimes Tim Tebow leads the Broncos to a playoff win. Sometimes Sometimes
1: George Foreman lands that right hand against Michael Moore.
0: And sometimes Tyson Fury gets up like the damn Undertaker in the 12th round to survive a fight that, to this day, he had no business doing.
2: To this day! To this
0: day! To this day! And here's the real truth, Rafe. I love me some Saul Canelo Alvarez, as Stephen A. just said. But... Tell me another man he he beat who's more athletic
1: convincingly
0: <laughs> <laughs> better than Chris Algieri. No, seriously though, to that same point in that same joke, tell me another guy in his absolute prime at age thirty-two that he beat that has this combination of size, speed, power, athleticism, craft, and 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 the hunger on the brightest and biggest stage possible to finish off one of boxing's best stories as the first boxer to win a world title after beating Cancer by beating the money man in the sport, the boogie not the boogeyman, but the the biggest name in his own division. I think he has the tools to do it. I think he can do it because ultimately styles make fights. So in some ways, Triple G's fight with Jacobs means nothing in this scenario. In some ways, Canelo's two fights with Triple G means nothing in this scenario because you take three elite fighters in any division historically and the fights are going to look a little different against one another. Right? Duran beat Leonard. But Hearn sent Duran to hell. And that's just how it works, Rafe. I think Danny Jacobs has the size and athleticism at the very least to give Canelo the kind of problems that Triple G couldn't give him with that jab. It's a different style. And I think Danny Jacobs is going to come out here and he's going to win a close. But one of those decisions where you're going to go, A, he deserved it, and B, boxing got it right. It'll be split. It's got to be split. You know it's going to be split.
1: Split your whole wig.
0: (laughs) But Danny Jacobs, you're the damn boy. And ultimately, if you are able to use your foot like like we are laying out, you do have the pro the power to compliment it. Because Rafe, if he did not have the power to compliment that, he wouldn't be able to get away with doing some of these things. But he does have that power. And Triple G, if we can say anything bad about him in both fights, he didn't let his hands go enough outside of that jab. I think Danny will. I think he's going to lower Canelo's output. And I think he will win a split decision. And it will be 7-5 on my card. And we will have a great happy ending. Not a girl
1: collection after, but a great... Happy ending. All right, Brian. I hear you. And I see I, I, I see exactly what you're saying. I believe it's possible. He, Danny Jacobs you ask who has Canelo fought that presents the unique set of problems that Danny Jacobs presents? And you're right, the answer is nobody. Danny Jacobs has the ability to give Canelo the same kind of problems that we saw guys like Austin Trout and Arislandi Lara give him at junior middleweight, except he's wrapped up in a much bigger, stronger package. But this guy Canelo, I, I hate to say this. I'm, I've picked so many people over him thinking that this is the time he's going to get exposed. Carmen Cintron was going to do it once upon a time.
0: Jose Miguel Cotto. Jojo
1: Dan. Jose Miguel Cotto. But Brian, I'm done. I'm done thinking Canelo is not as good as people think he is. I think Canelo is better than people think he is. Wow. Oh, can I, can I get a, this is, can I, can I get a promotion to TV for today? What is going on? What is, I got something going through me. I think it's Canelo Alvarez. Yeah i think that's magic brian um but uh no i i'm serious though i think that canelo is just he's he gets better every time he yes he hasn't seen this exact he hasn't had to solve the exact puzzle that danny jacobs is going to present for him in the ring on saturday night but you know what Canelo has done he did it he did it Better than anyone else against Triple G. He showed us things that we didn't think anyone could do. Both fights against Triple G, Canelo fought in ways that we thought made no sense. He laid on the ropes in the first fight and Triple G couldn't make him pay for it. I don't think Canelo won the fight, but he kind of ex- he 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 did he, he does things that other boxers cannot do, and I don't mean kiss surf and safari on the mouth or inappropriately kiss female reporters.
0: But Rafe, let me just I'm talking about right.
1: in the ring. He exceeds expectations. But and he's going to I think he'll do it again. Yeah, ask me what you going to ask.
0: I gave more rounds on my personal scorecard. I gave more rounds. Are you to, with me? To, can you hear me, Rafe? Are you with me? Tell me, are you with me? Are you with me? Rafe? I
1: are you with me? You're breaking up here. Oh man. I'm with you, Rafe. I'm with you. <laughs> Are you here with me or not? All right, lay it on me. Okay, You're with me.
0: Okay, Rafe, all right. I gave Jacobs more rounds against Golovkin than I did Canelo in either fight, my personal scorecard. So that says something. What's your official prediction?
1: My official prediction is that whatever style, whatever strategy, whatever game plan Danny Jacobs comes out with, fighting southpaw orthodox, whether he's moving, sticking the jab, whether he tries to come in there and put it on Canelo. If he comes in and looks for that knockout, he said, oh, I'll stop Canelo. I don't care what he does. Canelo is better. Canelo is great. I hate to say that, but he is. He will figure it out. So what's your prediction? He has... Canelo gonna gonna put some distance in between them he's gonna he's gonna I'm thinking like Canelo deservedly wins eight four scorecards across the board unanimous decision he's gonna have his moments he's gonna figure out a way to get the distance he needs he's gonna land those Canelo combinations against Danny Jacobs and Jacobs will fight well he will be competitive but he won't do the better work he's just, he, he's I don't think he's as talented.
0: Alright, I like that, I like that a lot. We did get Al Bundy in for his prediction.
2: Uh, the Russian, I think, is, is more to my liking. Okay.
1: Not- Alright, uh,
0: Rafe, quickly, it's time for Do You Care for the Rest of This Box Weekend. Are you ready, sir? Are you
1: ready? I am with you, Brian.
0: Thursday night in Las Vegas, it's one of those shoulder golden boy Facebook watch cards. Yamaguchi falsayo versus Chris Pearson, <laughs> 10 rounds middleweights in the main event. Do you care?
1: Uh, is there any rooster on this card? No, rooster's hand is injured, so no. By the way, sorry, sorry to sorry sorry to sidetrack of rooster talk, Brian. But you have you seen his recent hashtag? No. No. Hashtag BFJ. You know what that stands for? No. Bang for Jesus. Hashtag Are you BFJ, baby. Yeah, man, you got to get on that rooster Instagram tip.
0: All right. What is uh ESPN doing Saturday night? Competing against this Dazone card is, is, is grandpa here, Bob, on regular ESPN from Stockton, California, Rafe, We got a title bout. Arthur Better versus Hot Rod Rodivo Kalagic. 12 rounds for Better IBF light heavyweight title. You don't care, right?
1: Yo, that's a fun fight. I, I, I would enjoy watching that. I, hell yes I care. That's a fun, I'm gonna, that's what everyone should be watching instead of the Triple G. I mean, the, what a, the, the Canelo Jacobs undercard, which is gonna be not very interesting. I like Virgil Ortiz a lot, but watch Better Beave and, and, and Hot Rod. That's a much more fun fight. Rafe, will you be in Dazone on Saturday from the Philippines? I will be in the air on Saturday, so I will be ha- I, I will be in the air. Arrive back in Los Angeles Sunday morning around 10 a.m. So I'm not going to be able to catch it live, but you best believe I will be sparking up my DAZN app on my phone soon as we land in the great USA.
0: Uh, Co-main on that ESPN card: Jerwin Hayas versus Ryuchi Funai. For Ankayas's IBF Junior
1: Bantamweight. I, I don't really care, but I'm gonna pretend I do.
0: Alright. On this Canelo Jacobs undercard, the co-main. It was supposed to be David Lemieux against John Ryder. That's not happening. Virgil Ortiz Jr. against Mauricio Hadeta. Ten rounds of welterweights. We don't care, right?
1: I don't really care. I I, I like I like El Maestro. I like Virgil Ortiz. I think uh, Ortiz there, by the way Revisiting my earlier collaboration with Robert Garcia's recent YouTube interviews, he's got another clip on there about Virgil Ortiz. When there, he's in there saying that Ortiz could be ready to go up to 147 and compete with guys like Danny Garcia up there. So they think that he is a special, special fighter. I'm gonna be watching for it. I don't. I, I. I would. I. This will be the beginning of him proving that.
0: They'll have a chance to be the guy who once beat Danny Garcia and Mo Herrera. Also, Pablo Cesar Cano versus Michael Perez, ten rounds junior welterweight. Jojo Diaz Jr. versus Freddie Fonseca, ten rounds junior lightweight. With- <laughs> Sidama Ali, Anthony Young, <laughs> Lamont Roach, Jr. Yeah. John Ryder will uh, fight Bilal Akwe for the vacant WBA interim super middleweight title. Good Lord, Rafe. All right. Um From Kinshasa, Congo, not Zaire on Saturday. Alunga Makabu versus Mike Perez, 12 rounds cruiserweights, Rafe. You used to love it when we would cruise Oh, hell together. yes. <laughs> would you watch
1: that slop? Hell one? yes. Yeah, man, I'm a big Junior Makabu fan, man. I, I I still can't believe that that Tony Bellew bombed him out of there. I, I swear to God, Makabu was that was the fight that was gonna make him a star. And Bellew flipped the script. Good for Tony. Um, I like Makabu. I don't think that uh Mike Perez is that great at cruiser. He could stink this one out, but I'm still watching because I love me some cruiserweight. Ain't you a
0: big Anthony Yigit fan? I could dig it. He's fighting in Germany over the weekend. Nobody cares. All right, Rafe. That's our show for the week. Thank you so much for your dedication from a beach in the Philippines. We gave it to him this week, Rafe. Full preview. Canelo, Jacobs, who else in boxing is going to give it to you, Rafe? That's real. I mean, we got, they got a full package. Yeah. I can't find the button. Damn. I'm so washed, Rafe. Look, some shows I'm good. Most shows, Rafe, I'm washed. That's just the truth. But, uh, Follow this show this week, because from Vegas we're gonna have big time sound. We're gonna talk to Oscar Bernard, Lennox Lewis, Sugar Ray Leonard, Todd Grisham. All the big names will be in Vegas this week. We're gonna have multiple bonus episodes. Hey, maybe we'll chat some of your favorite journalists. Maybe we'll get Mannix up in this piece.
1: No? You, I, look, you gotta ask him about that that interview he had last week with DeHoney in the in the in the ring when he when Doheny's like, I don't want to lick at Hearns' ass or anything, but he's a great man. He gave yeah, me a nice fight tonight. Yeah. Al, Haven, the goat, Yeah, alright. Uh, Raphael,
0: Um, enjoy yourself, bro, be safe, okay? Don't get any venereal diseases, or don't eat any, like, uh, I don't know, stork platter, what, are you, you eating weird things on the beach? What are you eating? Anything weird?
1: I'm, I'm keeping it pretty conservative, uh, after my, my, uh, my airplane food induced coma one week ago, Brian, but I'm gonna be, I'm going to be back in that airplane avoiding all the food while Canelo and Jacob square off in the ring. And afterwards, when Canelo grabs that mic and he says, Jeff Horn, you are next, my oh friend. My God, horny. I want you to think of me. Jeff
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Horn is out of control calling out Canelo right now. Rafe, what would that look like? What does that look like?
1: It ain't pretty for the, for for Joe Horn. I, I promise you that.
2: <laughs> Jeff Horn. Who's Jeff Horn? Nobody. I don't.
0: I got so many different disrespectful things that I can say right now. I don't even want to do it because that was back then. Doesn't even matter now. But right. uh,
2: uh, Amir Khan can beat Jeff Horn. Oh, you know what I'm on, saying?
0: Come on. I
2: don't even know if Terrence Crawford can beat Amir Khan. Amir Khan is a better fighter than a lot of his competition lately. So I just.
0: Heard, heard about the fight. Boring. Saw the fight. Anyway, Rafe, uh, to close here, I will be talking to Ryan Garcia on this podcast this week. Should I have a filter? Can I ask him about fatherhood? Can I ask him about shooting his shot? I mean, what can I do here, Rafe?
1: I want to know if he's pro, pro boner, of course. <laughs>
0: oh my God. I'll never jack. I won't back up. I'll be there till I'm washed. I'm washed Alright Rafe Follow yourself At Rafe Books On Twitter um, Hey you got any Book ideas While you're out there In the Philippines Anything new I
1: always I, Every time I'm here I, I feel like I get A million new great ideas Someday The publishing world Will want me to write them I don't know if that's right now But I'm enjoying it Nonetheless
0: right. Are you gonna go Topless on the beach today Topless Rafe Topless Right, can you hear me? Tell me, are you with me, Ray? Wow, this pod sucks. All right. I hear you, I heard. All right, great. Uh enjoy yourself on the beach, Ray, all right? Enjoy yourself.
1: Thanks, we out. Yeah,
0: <laughs> tell me, are you with me? Yeah, all right. Great talking to you. Wow, this thing fell apart. Follow us please at State of Combat. Check out the big the big bonus coming your way. Enjoy Jacobs Canelo, folks, into zone. This Saturday we
2: are out.